A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, Springwood High students. This is your... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Bulletin student representative Bradley Drew. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And this is your co-student representative, Terrence Flim. Wow, what a great year we're about to have here at Springwood. I know you've heard some troubles at that Camp Crystal Lake and then a while back at Haddonfield, Illinois. But here in Elm Street, whatever city, things couldn't be gooder. All I can say is, they ain't us. No way. And man, have I been sleeping great. God, there's nothing like the safety and respite of a good slumber. Tell me about it. My bedroom is filled with all those logs I sawed. I've been counting sheep so much so I can't even count how many sheep there are. My room's full of sheep. I'm a sheep herder. And, oh, Bradley, the best part? When I go to sleep, I have the loveliest dreams. Me too. Peaches, hummingbirds, nectarines, and tyrannosaurus. Nice tyrannosauruses. Tyrannosaurus plush. I had a tyrannosaurus plush dream last night too. Really? Wow. 
Oh, anyway, students, make sure to um, take all kinds of sleep aid, don't drink caffeine, and just get us afternoon siesta in before your full night's eight-hour rest. We love you! <laughs> See you at recess. Hey, I bought you a red and green sweater. Oh, I bought you a glove with a bunch of finger knives on him. Thank you! You're welcome. See you later. Bye, student body. <laughs> I don't like blood and guts, but I love them when they're lengthily I am uh, bursting at the seams here with excitement. My and... seams have bursted, and I'm just like when Freddie cuts his own chest open and worms and guts come out. For me, it's just butterflies and hummingbirds. <laughs> but I noticed that, yeah, when you when you came over before we started, you lifted up your shirt and you showed that you had busted some seams. Uh, yeah, this is literal, listeners. Right. Yeah. We never speak in metaphor. <laughs> My name is Matt Gorley. My name is Paul Rust. And we do this show called In Voorhees We Trust with Gorley and Rust, but then we did the Halloween series In Myers We Trust with, and then I legally changed my name to Geyers. In Thank Geyers you. We, in, we Trust. Mm -hmm. And here we are, our third season, but this is especially big because we're doing a whole new thing. Much like uh, how... Freddy's dreamscape is infinite, so is our future. That, hmm? You're not kidding. Again, hmm? this is not metaphorical. <laughs> this is literal. Our future, we're That's also, uh, yeah, he's evil. <laughs> you guys can't see this, but a red and green striped van just drove by. <laughs> it wasn't that sports car. <laughs> was oh, that a Cadillac? It transformed into that Cadillac <laughs> right before he left. We are recording socially distanced in Paul's beautiful backyard right now. Uh, it's been a, a, a hot spell here in California, but today Ooh. it's like the clouds did the opposite of parted. They kind of <laughs> came together in a lovely like screen of sunscreen haze. That's right. That yes. gave us this beautiful day. We and uh, yeah, I um, what it's ten thirty in the morning, so it's just a beautiful uh, entry into the day. Yeah, you're the only conclusion is that God sanctions this podcast for him to do this. I think uh, got a got an email this morning. <laughs> an so email, like, hey, your boys are going back, <laughs> and they're talking about Freddie this time. And he said, "Let's send down some rays, but not too hot, <laughs> and let's put a little cloud cover there." So and he made Freddie go by. <laughs> let's get to some of the business here. Yes. Oh, someone on the street just said, "Right, right, right." I mean, this is crazy that Was the that listeners. <laughs> He's definitely shirtless. Yeah. Uh, He's got to save his time now. He just goes, right, right, right. We are taking our podcast out on our own. Our podcast is a big boy now. We yes. had a great time over there at Stitcher and Earwolf, but we decided to, to move out on our own, and that only means that we can bring you more of this podcast. That's right. What would you say if, this, if they were sort of, if it's a boy now, what kind of 
without using the actual age of the podcast, which yeah. this is our third year. Yeah. What What would you say he's like a, a, a an adventurous ten year old boy? Good question. I mean, are we talking like human life terms or like cat life terms? Because if it's cat like cat life. life, then he's going to college. He's out on his own. Uh, yes. Or getting his own apartment or something. Or at least moving. Town. Yeah, moving into like the back house garage. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a good analogy. But, but it's not an analogy. It's literal. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, what we do here, this is what we have now come to um, like really take on the mantle of what we've been called an easy listening podcast that goes on often at length and proudly so i think proudly so yeah very proudly so yeah and so just know that going in and no hard feelings if that isn't for you that's right if if you guys just want to go time out and shuffle off right now that's fine we don't you know you don't even have to tell us no please don't (laughs) please don't i'm getting some emails right now Uh, but no, uh, yeah, it's it's a warm, warm uh, lake, and we're just swimming in it. What lake? Uh, Crystal Lake. Oh my God, we which are here. Freddie eventually has to get brought to, so yes. we're not totally veering off. And I'm assuming we're covering that movie again. That's right. We covered Freddy versus Jason for our Friday the Thirteenth uh, uh, podcast, mm-hmm. and it will be interesting to come back to it. Through the eyes of Freddie now. I know, like we're on a different team. It's yeah, weird. Yeah, will we yeah. be rooting for Freddie more? We have to. I bet where so. Where we weren't before. Oh my God, this is the political implications. It's crazy in this time. So also, <laughs> because we're doing this on our own means that we're not going to do one of these franchises just around Halloween every year. Nope. Oh my God. We're going to finish up Freddie. We're going to take a little break because we're humans after all. <laughs> But then we're not long after that going to get right back oh into gosh. another franchise. Keep the party going. And that that is not always limited to horror. It could be horror sci-fi like Aliens. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, a, a hybrid of, of, of anything. Predator. Uh, a pr- a Prius car. A Chucky alien. <laughs> when are they making that? Oh, my gosh. Chucky versus alien. It needs to be written. Toot sweet. Toot sweet. And, and like you had mentioned... Um, these episodes, they run lengthy, um, but if it's your cup of tea, you get a big cup of tea. But also, they do run longer than the actual movies themselves. Sometimes twice as longer. <laughs> Is that a term? I think we've had a couple <laughs> twice as longers. <laughs> so these will come out weekly as long as the franchise ones are running. But right. when we're on breaks, and even when we're not on breaks... You can go to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust, which is now the title of the show, even though this series oh. will be in Kruger We Trust with Gruger and Rust. So I have changed my name half partially. Thank you. I'm now Matt Gruger Gorley. <laughs> you had the hyphen. Yes. Yeah. I married myself. <laughs> <laughs> you look beautiful. Thank you. That's your wedding I'm, sh- I'm glowing. I'm happy. <laughs> both, both sides. I'm so happy. And there you can get all kinds of bonus content, like, Ooh. first of all, ad-free episodes when applicable. Oh, my gosh. These episodes are a week early, so you can get ahead of your friends. <laughs> <laughs> then you can get mailbag Q&A episodes, and here's the big one, the kicker. Feature-length watch-along <sighs> horror classic film commentaries oh. once a month oh where gosh. we we will be revisiting... 
things like Friday the 13th and Halloween. So you, Ooh. if you don't want to pay for the Stitcher paywall, you can get it there all yeah. in one place. Same with these episodes. From here on out, everything will be there. Oh, my gosh. Jesus. So exciting. Just God has sanctioned this podcast. That was partly why I was bursting at the seams. Yeah. Because I couldn't wait to share this information. It's good to be back, Paul. Oh, believe me. Yes. I was thinking right before... Um, or right when you appeared, I was like, I think this is a highlight of the last four or five weeks. Why? Has anything been odd, down, weird, uh, cloudy? I'm surprised to hear that. No, uh, this podcast is evergreen. <laughs> so we wouldn't be talking about, you know, how we for the last few months have been in evergreen. <laughs> so did we get... Freddie to overdub the word evergreen. <laughs> I didn't even think it was Freddy. It sounds like it. it yes, it is Freddie. Evergreen. I, I, mean, I can't even wait to talk about this movie because I have so much to say. I don't know. Is there any more business we need to cover? Uh, what didn't that B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S or B-I-Z-N-E-S-S-S-S? Well, we covered S-S-S-S. the B-U-S-I button. Yeah. Do we have to cover any biz nas? Any boss nas? Do we have to cover any boss nas? We have some boss nas to cover. I forgot about <laughs> So like it is evergreen. <laughs> evergreen. It's a great time in the world with coronavirus to do that boss nas lip uh, lip trill thing where he spits all over the place. If you want to increase your 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 spreading abilities tenfold, uh, do a ha- boss nas impression. It's hard to be this far from you, even though I think we're. When we recorded in my office the last season, we were even farther, farther. apart. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie, farther. <laughs> <laughs> We've uh, name checked Boss Nass, Jamie Farr, and, well, Freddie, that's appropriate. Yeah. So, whatever level of laugh you had to those reactions yeah. lets you know what kind of epoch you fit in. Yeah. Have you ever taken that online quiz of which, uh, in, with Gorley and Rust, <laughs> culturally relevant? Reference you are Jamie Farr, Boss Nass, or Freddy Krueger? Sorry, Fred Krueger. I mean, we'll get into that. Uh, yes. Wow. Well, should we? Yeah, should let's we just get into dips this. in. But we have to go to sleep, right? We okay, do this yeah. in dream. Yeah. Uh, good night, Paul. Good night. Oh, why oh. am I in a boiler oh. room? I, like all dreams, I've just I'm in the dream where I just fell asleep. <laughs> Okay, that sounded like a criticism. It's not. I'm not starting off with a criticism. Oh, me either, because... Why would I do that? I love this movie. I do, too, and I am... I've got news for you, and I had news for me yesterday when I watched it. I don't think I've seen this movie and thought I had. That's exciting. That's an exciting revelation for this podcast. It is. I know I've seen one or two of these. Mm -hmm. The listener should know. That we started with Friday the Thirteenth, which we'd both seen and loved, but was really your baby. Mm-hmm. Then we went to Halloween, which my we'd... baby Jason. Yeah, your baby Jason. My baby was the Halloween series, which you'd seen, know, and love. This one, I'm a babe in the woods. You're going to be taking me through this. You're the you're the babe. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, and uh, I wouldn't call myself a. Um, I want to use a the alliteration right. What? A, a frexpert. <laughs> I was going to say Freddy Fanatic, but Frexpert no, I think that's is better. so... No, are you kidding? Frexpert is <laughs> hands down. Uh, so I'm no Frexpert, yeah. but um, uh, I'm happy to guide you. Please. In the wood, but you'll be guiding me by the end. No way. no way. I lead you into the woods, but like all 
of the great tales you'll be leading me out of the woods. <laughs> you know, the great legend. <laughs> what? The Bible. Uh, but yeah, so yesterday you were watching it. You texted me. Mm-hmm. You said, Paul, uh, I'm, I'm digging this movie so hard. And you, not your words. No, I said, holy shit, this movie is good. Yeah, all yeah. caps good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then you said, I don't think... So what do you think you... Was it just that Freddie was so in the popular consciousness you felt like? Or do you recall the movies, Freddie movies you have seen or like, oh, I must have thought it was... That's a really good question because I'm definitely aware of like the blood on the ceiling and mm-hmm. the Johnny Depp death scene. And so I know I've seen portions of this and I, I bet I've probably seen this movie when I was like a t- young teenager, I just have forgotten it. But yeah. I have definitely not watched it as an adult. I had no recollection of a lot of it. But I like I knew all of the faces of the characters. Mm-hmm. But so much so that I thought, and I think the movie kind of tries to do this, right? You kind of are led to believe Tina's the final girl in the very beginning before they kind of shift. Yeah, I thought that too. Isn't that yeah. cool? Yeah. yeah, so that was interesting because... That feels like the earliest that's been done. I know they pulled that in Halloween and Friday the 13th, but not till later, right? Right, yeah. And uh, if you just think about the order, we did them out of order. Uh, we did, like, right. if, you, if you were doing, a, like, the order of time, I guess <laughs> is what I meant, that it would be, like, Halloween hit the scene. Yeah. 78, right? Mm-hmm. And then a couple years later, Friday the 13th. Uh, I love it, but it's a... You know, they they call it a ripoff. They, yeah, they, it's like, hey, we yeah. tried to make somebody off what was going on with Halloween, and '84 was Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, so it does feel like when I was watching it, I thought, oh, it has like six years of slasher movies to kind of trick with you, yeah, and, and to learn from, yeah, yeah, to borrow the best parts from, but to not yes. make the same mistakes. Yeah, that's a great way. Yeah, like the first thing that pops to my mind was just the. Um, when Tina brings her boyfriend over to the house to sleep with him to have sex mm-hmm. upstairs, I was like, "Oh, this is Halloween when uh, right. PJ Souls yeah. and then uh, the Brad mm-hmm. uh, oh, they go Tom? up." Bob, Bob, it is Bob, right? Yeah, yeah. My father's name. Really? How, how loaded that I would not remember. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh yeah like uh but so it seems like oh this is gonna be a halloween scene yeah and then it takes a left turn where she's flipping and flopping on the ceiling and you're like this ain't no halloween it takes a left turn finding out that she's even open to speaking to that guy because up until that point i, I didn't even think it was just 80s like aggressive male character i thought that this was actually like a schoolyard bully, like at-risk youth who haunts these three other kids. I had no idea that he was basically paired up with her. Their group group dynamic is <laughs> a, a little uh, uh, unorthodox. I agree. Because, I, yeah, you know, sometimes you see a group of four, two gals and a guy, mm-hmm. two guys, but usually one guy doesn't easily pull a knife out on the other guy. No! If they're hanging out in a backyard, that's that's rare. Yeah, because the girls are definitely the Tina common. Tina and Nancy are friends. Yeah, they're Glenn, the common element. By virtue that he's Nancy's boyfriend, is he hanging out with the three of them? Or I feel like both 
the girls are friends, and then they brought their respective boyfriends in, but they just happen to like a different sort of gentleman. Yes. And so it's weird to see Johnny Depp as the preppy, because I'm used to him I as know. the like like um, proto-scarecrow. I had a name for him. What? Johnny Prep. Oh. <laughs> you're a prexpert. <laughs> My fr- prexpert became a Johnny Prepspert. <laughs> Johnny Prepspert. <laughs> oh That's God. what he does when he dies. A big Johnny Prepspert. You don't know that. Huh? Do you, do you really know that? No, when he dies in this movie. Oh. <laughs> he spurts all over the ceiling. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> but I, I like that so... you fact check. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, right, so this group... Have you ever been in a situation with that, Gourley? I, I did think it, maybe it is kind of more... In adolescence, where you kind of find yourself with another guy, yeah, because he's dating your girlfriend's girlfriend, and you're just like this, yeah, not to that extreme. And I definitely would have been <laughs> the like the Johnny you, Depp but... one. What? Yeah, I never had a knife pulled on me. But even just <laughs> in like social click style preppy, I mean, it's basically the two sides of the movie. The outsiders have been brought together through these two girls. Yes, Heather and Nancy, Tina and Nancy. Yeah. So Tina likes the bad boys. Rod. Yeah. Who's no less a 50s, like, Bronx gangster. Yeah, and he, he even quotes, uh, he does, like, a, 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 a an extreme version of Welcome Back, Cotter's Up Your Nose with a Rubber Hose. Yeah, some kind of, was up it Italian? No- up, up Your Nose with a Rubber Hose, yeah. But it was like up your nose with a, a a chainsaw. Like, is that what he says? I thought he was doing a rotating. Like, I thought he was like up your nose, I forgot from bull. I think the way it works, it's sort of like those um, white and gold dress. Do you see a white and gold dress or a blue yeah, and black thing? It's right. actually the same s- statement. It's just how your ear. Oh my god! Or what's the yeah? The you remember that little uh, that viral thing where it was like uh, you heard either like. Cocktail or <laughs> no. green light? No, no. Okay. Don't Google no. cocktail or green light right now, please. And you'll get the sequel to Cocktail. It's, it's about getting made. Uh, the Great Gatsby. <laughs> he beats the Great Gatsby. I mean, why wouldn't Tom Cruise revisit that at this point? Um, green light, cocktail too. Start that hashtag, listeners. Uh, cocktail has one of the best taglines in all movies. What is it? Um. When he pours, it rains. Oh, my God. <laughs> Some genius. That is pretty great. Yeah, yeah. When Some he guys, pours, it rains. He's enjoying quarantine in his $65 million mansion that he made, oh. that he bought after he came up with when he pours. Yeah, he should be. I mean, if there's any justice, he should be. That's like sort of sexual too but i think that's like kind of implied right my sister had a cocktail mini cocktail poster taped to the ceiling of her uh, bedroom taped to the ceiling yeah so she could gaze upon tom with his rolled up sleeves wow <laughs> did it have the tagline on the poster i think it did that's maybe why it <laughs> yeah. so he spent a few nights <laughs> in that bed when she was gone i mean yeah after she went off to college yeah i was like now it's my tom time <laughs> So yeah, that is uh, two guys the same uh, opposite, uh, uh, click wise. Yeah, a prep and a greaser. Yeah, a greaser and a social. Let's right. Yeah. Yes. 
that's the outsider. That term yeah. never stuck. Soch. It went to preppy. But let's bring it back. Let's stay with Soch. Yes. Glenn the Soch. Yeah. And was that short for just like socialite? Yes. I, I don't know about, you're probably right about socialite because I just knew it as like some sort need of social. Yeah. But yeah, socialite, I bet. Wow. Which is like uh, S.E. Hinton. We knew we know where she falls. She's pro greaser. Yeah, she's she doesn't like be. the socials. No, no, no. She's yeah. She's from that side of the tracks. Uh, Let's say that Tina and and Nancy live like Glenn lives on one side of the tracks. Rod lives on the other side of the tracks. Tina and Nancy live on the tracks. It's very dangerous. That's why there's so many scenes where that train is just ripping through their backyard <laughs> and everything shakes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, G- Glenn lives across the street from Nancy. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. It seems kind of like a romantic dream in high school to live across from your... But at the same time, I could see it being like... A nightmare. Uh, hey, if we break up, yeah. I don't want to see if your car is parked out front or not, no, Glenn. No, that's the real nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> the social nightmare of a bad breakup, and you have to live with it on your street every day. The true nightmare on Elm Street was yeah. Soch Ock. Soch Ock. Soch Ockness. Let's talk about that title. First of all, it's a good title. Ooh, great a title. Nightmare on Elm Street. Could have just easily been I Nightmare know. on Elm Street, which is what I think maybe for years I thought it was. Oh, yeah, me too. Or it's... I'd say in Nightmare. I'd use the <laughs> wrong. My Nightmare on Elm Street? <laughs> a Nightmare on Elm Street. That's like a view to a kill. You don't need it, but... Yeah, but it just kind of like it classes it up mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, because if it was just Nightmare on Elm Street, it does sound a little declassé. Yeah, a little, just a little. Doesn't sound like the title generic. for a Soch. No, a nightmare. A Soch came up with a nightmare. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wes Craven's probably a closet Soch if he isn't just an overt Soch. Because a night, it's like a night to remember. Oh, right. A, an affair to remember. Yeah. And it seems um, in every town there is an Elm Street, mm-hmm. right? Right. So you kind of find a way to get into some people's brains a little bit. Right. They go, ooh. And then also it just sounds like, um, what is it? Like, uh, Big Baddie comes to Small Town. <laughs> yeah. Right? You're it's right. Sort of I mean, it does a lot of the work for you. It tells you kind of like what what the idea of this movie is based on nightmares, but it's also every town America, mm-hmm. even though... This was shot in California. They never tell you where it is, but it's assumed California. But then later I read it kind of gets shifted to the Midwest, to Ohio. Yeah, or something. I noticed that too. They don't ever, you know, by Freddie versus Jason, it's all Springwood, Illinois talk, left, right, yeah, and center. Right. But yeah, I noticed that they don't ever say it. In, and, and Tina references in the very beginning, maybe maybe we're all having the same dream before they go into school. She goes, maybe we're all having the same dreams because there's going to be an earthquake. Yeah, was that, like, that, that was a big one. No Illinois talk. No way, no way. Until you hey, get to let's fracking. go to the Bears game before the earthquake happens. <laughs> <laughs> now they're all fracking up there and they got the earthquakes, but this is pre-frack. I mean, it's post-frack if you're talking cursing on Battlestar Galactica, but it's pre-frack yes. as a geological right. gas mine. Wow, the last 20 years has been a a big one for frack, the word frack. Yeah. Yeah, Paul. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's a sensitive subject. (laughs) Your eyes just crossed and steam (laughs) poofed out of your ears. So 
I want to talk about how this movie starts with one yes. of my favorite things that you can do in a movie, and that is close-up montage mission prep. <sighs> that is a perfect way of putting that. This yes. is this is was my first clue that I had not seen this movie because I would not have forgotten that. I love it in in a, like a Rambo movie yeah. when he's tying his headband, putting his bows in his quiver, his arrow in his quiver. Yeah. But you're seeing Freddy, who exists in a dream world, but he still has to do like prep work, his mise en place for getting together all his claws and watching him build it. That yeah, I great. Thinking, yes, and just the idea of Freddy sort of like doing that like every morning maybe. Yeah. He has to build that time in before he gets goes to work. Yeah. Does he have to build that claw every day cuz he I mean, he, someone could touch it when they wake up and take it in with them. It happens. Maybe right? it's like braces or something yeah. where you have to like disassemble the glove before you go to bed and kind of yeah. set it off to the side. So You're right. I mean, what does Freddy dream about? <gasps> what are Freddy Freddy's Nightmares was a TV show, but uh, when Freddy goes to sleep, does he dream of really nice things? <laughs> like they try to bring him into the nice world, like the real world comes into him. They've never yeah, like covered Scarecrow that in any from of these like movies. Wizard of Oz shows up. It's like, hey, <laughs> let's be kind. And he cuts him, and it's just like, oh, no big what deal. Do? Yeah, the He's monkeys. Like, Thanks. Yeah, actually, I needed some of straw cut. Yeah, Freddy. Yeah, Fred. Fred. That's yeah. Right. So, Fred. what are your favorite preps, uh, Rambo? Rambo, um, what else did I write down? Well, not to jump ahead, but there's also this and, um, oh, sorry, where is it? In my notes. Oh, yeah. Uh, just so the new listeners know, and welcome. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we we uh, we keep notes. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you might hear us go, hmm, hmm, <laughs> Right. <laughs> Here it is. It's when... Um, Nancy is prepping the house for the big dream invasion at the end. Uh-huh. So, like, that kind of straw dog, skyfall, home alone, <sighs> Rambo, booby trap setup scene. Yeah. Those are kind of, in some ways, they go hand in hand. Well, but... I thought there was uh, Home Alone took two big bites out of the Nightmare on Elm Street apple. There's the booby trap home. Yeah. Which you're right, straw dogs might have uh, Still. predated that Still. by a decade. I only know that. I've never even seen that movie. Uh, I saw it. Once, my my one word uh, uh, review. Yeah, unpleasant. Really, not not, not a pleasant. No joy in experience. It. Yeah, yeah. I, I need some joy in a movie these days. I mean, days. I'm glad I saw it. Yeah, but uh, oh, and then the other thing that they stole from Home Alone was the tricking people with different sounds recordings. So Kevin tricks the yeah. pizza boy. By playing uh, an old movie, you filthy animal. Yeah, yeah. Glenn plays tapes from the airport to trick his That's mom with the right. phone. That's right. That he's with his cousin near the airport. That's another scene that made me realize I'd never seen this movie. I feel like every time I see that scene, I go, "This is new." <laughs> Special edition this does not seem like it's a part of this movie. I well, and let me just say, I'd say probably like five or six years ago. I'd seen Nightmare on Elm Street at some point you know, when I was growing up or when I was a teenager. Forgotten about it. Knew it was good. Probably watched it every two or three years with friends or something. Mm-hmm. But like the last five or six years, I've watched Nightmare on Elm Street probably like twice a year. Because oh I just God. get, I go, man, that movie's really great. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. And I put it on. And so I was so stoked 
you know, uh, maybe about a month ago, I got a hankering to watch Freddy again. I was like, I'm going to save it hold for off. the podcast. I'm feeling that way about Aliens, too. And I'm like, yes. yeah, trying yeah, to hold yeah. off, but we'll see. You just want to have the freshest eyes you again. You do, with, yeah. yeah. And I couldn't be more fresh on this. It's uh, exciting. Yeah. I'm so glad you liked it, because how... What a what a double bummer revelation that would be if you're like I've never seen this. Oh, that yeah. sucks. Yeah, we're not we're not here for double bummers. No, in fact, we'll often maligned uh, installments in franchises. We do our best to not bum out about it. Yeah, I think maybe just that zombie sequel. I think that was the only one that was a really... double bummer. <laughs> but in our defense and his. He set out to make a double bummer. I mean, that is yes. a double bummer. Oh, well, we watched the. No, we didn't watch the two versions. We watched no. the two versions separately. Of, yes, didn't yeah. we? Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. So in a way, that was a double bummer because we each watched a different version. Yeah. We. Uh, oh, and maybe you brought up the our our love for these movies just so you you know people know. Hey, this comes from a place of deep love for these right. horror movies. Right. We're not coming and thumbing our. No. Ding dong noses. No, we're not here. We're not experts. We're not here. I mean, we're for experts. We're, we're not experts. We're definitely for yeah. experts. But we're not here to rip these movies apart. But we're also going to, you know, mention all the good and the bad. And But that all comes with love. We like even the bad. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We find the good and Jason goes to hell. Yeah. And I think you guys know that. You're probably here for the same reason. I mean, nobody's watching these movies next to Citizen Kane. Yeah, but you know, whenever we watch one of these original movies, mm-hmm. it speaks to the power of them. You go anytime I watch the first Friday Thirteenth, first Halloween, first uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, I go, "Oh, it's no wonder they based ten extra movies right. after this because it's so good." Yeah, and uh, you know, you don't try to duplicate crap. You know, so right. like it, it does come from a good place. I will say that I think I. I love my Fridays and I love uh, my Halloweens and I probably have a place in my heart uh, for those franchises that Freddy does not occupy. Uh But I say all that to say this, Matt. Okay. I think out of compared to Friday the 13th or the Halloween original, Nightmare on Elm Street has, for me, still carries like the most capacity to like scare me and sort of like rattle me. Really? Yeah. That's the opposite for me. That's interesting. Why opposite for you? What uh, do you tell? I just, we've talked about this, I think, on the previous podcast, that he seems more in the supernatural world Mm -hmm. for me, and that doesn't scare me the way. I mean, that should be the case for me, too. Supernatural stuff never scares me. So a slasher guy feels more like a threat to me, and Mm -hmm. so it does scare me, and especially did as a child, but... This I'm prepared to have more fun with, I think, because it it's more, especially yeah. as I know these movies get campier and campier, yes. and he starts getting a real uh, feel for the mic, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> like he's the open mic host who originally is just going to come out and announce the next comic, but then he's like, I think I can do this. <laughs> what should, what's a sort of. Um... Well, I wouldn't even put a pejorative, like, I wouldn't say a middling stand-up or anything, that we could do a version of Freddy Krueger, like, when he becomes kind of yeah. a bad... Yeah. And I don't want to put down any comedian. Uh, I am I just came in from uh, t- 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 Tallahassee, and boy, are my arms tired, because, you know, at times they're seven to eight feet long. 
<laughs> Freddie, oh my god, I didn't even think about that. Freddie could probably fly with those big yeah. long arms, but yeah. it'd just be a lot of work. Yeah, those things. That scene alone made me feel like, hey, let's just stop for a second. Are we sure he just doesn't really just want to hug? Like that's his. <laughs> this is a peace offering. It's an olive branch. He's crying out. He's saying, "I'm giving you every opportunity to give Freddie a hug and make this nightmare end." On a general discussion of the effects in this movie, they were truly incredible at times. There's a few, like, the arms get a little, like, ridiculous. Yeah. And you can see why they shot them in silhouette. But there are so many effects in this, yeah, especially for lo- 84. Yes, and all those, like, little in-camera, like, old tricks of the trade special effects are, yeah. like, really cool. Like the flipping, uh, whatever the sound of, or the singing in the rain uh, trick or what like the oh the uh, the, the spinning room yeah I guess that's more that's a Fred Astaire not Gene no. Kelly when he's dancing on the but didn't didn't uh, Donald O'Connor do that in Singing in the Rain he's bouncing up and down yeah all around I, I think, think that so. it later is revealed in Singing in the Rain that that's a, he's having a nightmare with Fred <laughs> <laughs> Robert England confirmed that at a panel but Freddie was like. <laughs> Six at the time, <laughs> uh, but I also like that part when the Freddie starts running at her, and then she runs, and then in camera it doesn't cut. She like runs into the other Freddie. Why do I feel like I so? There's that. like there must have been another guy dressed up as Freddie chasing her. Yeah, and then the real deal is over to the side. And, oh. oh, I'll say the the thing that most surprised me. What? This is a try to figure this out, people. Okay, can I? I want to try too. Yeah. Okay. I rewound this like two or three times because I want to know, how'd they do that? When Tina's standing in front of the flame, uh, when she's in the nightmare boiler room. Yeah, like the beginning opening. Yes, right before Freddy jumps up behind her and kind of like surprises her by coming up from behind. Mm -hmm. She walks like from back to front, like, Five, six feet, and there ain't no, like, clear stepping over Robert England. Hmm. Like, it's some way that she, like, walked forward. I don't know if Robert England just kind of, like, they pushed him in a little thing and he got behind her or something. Yeah. I love to think that that kind of thing happens, that as good as it looks on screen, if you were to just (laughs) just pull out a little bit, how rinky-dink, I'm sure a lot of this was, because I know with the hand, the big long arms, they were the hands were connected to fishing pole lines, oh literally two grips with fishing poles, just holding those ends up. But just imagine pulling out and seeing just two guys with their bellies sticking out of their shirts, <laughs> holding the <laughs> I caught a Freddy hand. Well, I thought about that. Like the people who work on Nightmare on Elm Street, it probably seemed like. I mean, Wes Craven was certainly like a respected horror filmmaker. Yeah. But, but for a lot of these people, it's like this is a job. People will, some people see this movie. I know how this goes. Most people don't. You know, they go, everybody goes in the first week and then it's kind of forgotten about. But uh, they had no idea the magic they were working on this movie. I think also what what I was saying, like, it somehow has a capacity to kind of rattle me and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think it's just like not as comforting or cozy. No. Like Halloween is definitely like, you go kind of through, you go, this is normal, and then I kind of get pushed into something dark. But this movie is like, when it starts, it's like the sound of screeching, everything's yeah. wet and greasy. Yeah. 
it is so and like water dripping. I mean, I love it. It's just like not. It's more anxiety in this one. Like just yeah. overall anxiety inducing dread. There's more dread. dread or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that um, opening, uh, yeah, when he's like doing the thing and it's in that kind of weird square. It's not like full yeah. screen. Yeah. And then it starts with that weird New Line Cinema, like 8-bit logo. Yeah. It looks like a video game. Yeah, thing. I was confused by that for a minute. I thought, like, did I purchase a version that is a 300 resolution copy that's just going to format itself this way but then i saw the, You're the like titles. am i supposed to press start somewhere <laughs> it felt like a dvd menu, menu. yeah uh, that was interesting and then uh i love you know the credit you you were saying like oh the preparation the thing it made me think of one of my favorite uh opening credits is uh for lethal weapon 2 where it starts mid car chase oh yeah Oh, yeah. And it's so cool. It's like logo comes up, Lethal Weapon Two. You go through the logo, and Mel Gibson's like screaming yeah. in a car chase. You're like, this is awesome. I was like, how? And this Nightmare on Elm Street, in many ways, feels still modern. Uh-huh. I don't like outside of the weird log arms and stuff. Yeah, like that opening is a very contemporary opening. Like yeah. y- you start with the, the title, mm-hmm. and then you see her. Uh, mid chase. It is like Lethal Weapon Two. Yeah, it's like a music video. Or there's yeah. Pr- pr- uh, is there such thing as a pre nod to Silence of the Lambs? For some reason, there's a, a, a sheep in yeah. there. I do like the random things they throw in that feel like dreams. Like also like sticking on the carpet up, yeah. walking up the stairs, and, and stuff like, like when that. she's slowing down, trying to get away from him. I did like. It is a choice to start it off with so clearly. A nightmare. Yeah. Because it's the only time in the whole movie you could maybe fake people out into thinking this was a conventional slasher. Especially when you're kind of doing the girl who isn't your main girl. Yeah. It is an interesting choice. And that does feel like you're saying like six to eight years of, of, or six years, I guess, of slasher education that it can eat up before it makes its decisions or something. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder if you're... It's a choice. Like I, you, when movies called The Nightmare on Elm Street, and people go and they buy a ticket for it, do you kind of go like, I guess you just got to start with a nightmare because nobody's gonna, yeah, fall for this. Either. Let's put a sheep out there because they're expecting <laughs> a nightmare. So <laughs> nothing says nightmare like a sheep. I guess if she was counting sheep before she went to sleep. Who is? Is there any dream moments in the nightmares where you go like, I guess you were saying like the sort of like not being able to run away. Yeah. And And there's that interesting thing where both Tina and Nancy at times are being chased by Freddy and they're running, like they're using their limbs like you would run at full tilt, but they're running slower on purpose, obviously. And I would love to think it's because it's like something about how you can't run fast in a dream, but it really feels like steady cams of the time were like, you're going to have to slow down. We can't, (laughs) we can't keep up with you. And there's just a bunch of cables and guys trying to keep up with her. So both those girls are running slow. That's so funny. The like steady cam operator who has to be like, you guys got to slow down or <laughs> speed up because it reminds me uh, like. I'm 68. Okay. <laughs> the first time I ever acted in a, a steady cam shot. Oh, was yeah. Sort of like the camera uh, guys walking backwards and I'm walking towards it. And uh, 
this was I Love You, Beth Cooper, uh-huh. Matt Gorley, and yeah. I, uh, I had an... Uh, I Love ep- You, Beth Cooper, Matt Gorley? <laughs> <laughs> That's the sequel. Oh, my God. <laughs> Coming after Greenlight uh, <laughs> Cocktail. <laughs> uh, that... Um, uh, we it was the first time I'd ever acted on camera, period. And I'm walking oh along, and the first take ended, and we looked behind us, and like two blocks back was where our <laughs> mark, our end mark, was supposed to be. We had so overshot it, and I, you know, I'm a little bit of a perceptive person when I feel I might have upset people <laughs> or pissed them off, or they are like, what. This is the next three months. This loser, I did see in people's eyes, like, yeah. Oh god, what's this gonna be? This guy. <laughs> and then the next time they just tether you with one of those like blue telephone cord kid leashes that you use at the mall. It latches onto me about two feet before the end mark, and then it pulls me back. Yeah. Uh, that stuff is harder than you think to do. Yeah, yeah. Think about it. So many actors, they have to be. They have to do that and be super attractive. <sighs> it's oh my god! Hard enough this morning here during COVID, and I haven't showered. Well, it's funny. Do we hear a bit of drilling? I know when we were first talking, like, "Oh, we're gonna record outside. Maybe we'll hear some birds. Yeah, wind blowing through trees, and it'll be like camping." Yeah. All we're hearing is I know modernity. I know the modern world creeping in. Let me pitch this. Maybe we move our recording times to like late afternoon, evening. That's good. And it gets kind of cool and dusky and we'll light a fire. Yeah. yeah. Summon Freddy. Uh-huh. That's uh, Does Freddy like fire? He certainly spends a lot of time around a boiler room if he's not a big I fan. I know. I, is it like a kind of you're attracted to what you're fearful of or something? But what is his deal? Yeah. I guess like, right, like if I hated this purple sweater that I was forced to wear... Weird that I would choose a purple sweater. Did this really Freddy happen to you? <laughs> colored sweater. Well, let's talk about that sweater. I mean, yes. first of all, maybe we, it would be nice if we get into like a serene late afternoon because we mentioned briefly, but we are we do consider ourselves an easy listening podcast, just like '70s soft rock. That accounts for the art and the theme and all this stuff. So we're we're leaning into this. You can just relax and listen oh, to this. Yeah. Brew up some tea. We'll probably have some pumpkin spiders. Yep. That's the, the reference. You have to be in on the last two episodes <laughs> or seasons. But yeah, pour pour a nice iced tea for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh maybe even like to to clean the house. Yeah, whatever you want to do. That's the thing. We're not gonna dictate how you listen. We're here for you. Or not. <laughs> With and this did make it feel like fall, though, watching this movie, and I, yeah. I loved it. But that sweater, so I was watching a little bit of behind the scenes, and Wes Craven talks about how like the retina perceives red and green as the most opposite colors possible. And he liked that stark contrast, but I have that color blindness, that red and green color blindness. So oh. I never fully perceive his sweater. Like a, if I did, it'd feel like Christmas, but to me, it always feels brown and gray. I see colors, but when red and green are close together, it's not Oh, so um, easy to separate. When did you recognize that? When did you know that? Early in school, they used to give all the kids color blindness tests, and uh-huh. uh, like 
there were those, you know, circles with all the dots and you have to look for a number. But it was always such that if you're colorblind, you wouldn't see certain numbers. But then in high school, they brought in these like super technical Japanese version tests. And that one was if you're colorblind, you just see a different number. And for the first time I saw a number, and I'm like, I'm not colorblind anymore. It's a four. Oh. And everybody's like, uh, it's a seven blindy. <laughs> it's awful I, that they make the test results. You have to say it. It's a seven blind. Yeah, and that was a Martian and cool. a Native American who were both red and green <laughs> sitting next to each other, and I didn't even know. You it. accept? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, gosh, it does seem like Freddie's sweater is, is an eyesore, not just because of the color choices, but. It makes my eyes sore. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a little raggedy. I know. Get thee to the gap, Mr. <laughs> Kruger. <laughs> His whole getup. It's inspired from Wes Craven seeing a, a drunken hobo stare him down as a child. Yeah, apparently. right? He looked out a back window and he saw a hobo who I think maybe was a burn victim as part of the story. Oh, oh I didn't know that. Okay, Which, yeah. Which, if you were a kid, you yeah. looked out a window. Yeah. See, the guy is already scary. But yeah. But added that as a... I could see why you'd make a movie about that. Right. And the name comes from a bully from when he was a kid named Fred. Yeah, and then the there's a in Last House on the Left. Right. There's a character the bad guy's name is Kruger too. Yeah. So Craven really had his number on this Kruger fella that he Right what you know. What's that? Right what you know. Yeah, well and also it sort of seems like the the kid became what his Name told him to be, right? If you I know. got a name Kruger, that doesn't sound like a friendly... But it does seem like a good formula for build your own horror villain. In fact, let's do it right now. Think yes. of a kid when you were young yes. that was kind of mean to you mm-hmm. or was like a bully. Then think of some someone you saw once that wore something scary. <laughs> and then... Yeah. And then... What is it? Is there a third thing to add to that? <laughs> uh, then... Uh, Think of the actor who will play. Who, who will play? Okay. Him. All right. Um, my uh, what? Not so much a bully. Yeah. Um, because I think my school was just a little too small for bullies. Okay. It's like a class size of forty. Oh my god! And he wasn't in my class, but his last name is classic bad guy. Like Blofeld. His name's Schrader. Oh, Schrader. <laughs> <laughs> Like Hitler. <laughs> uh, and then I guess I saw like a black, like fright wig. Is that what they're called? Fright yeah. wigs that are kind of yeah. like, uh, once when I was a kid, I went to a play and I saw somebody in it and I okay. didn't like it. <laughs> and then uh, I guess he'd play, be played by uh, Jim Brewer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jim Brewer in a fright wig Named Schrader. And does he have, a, and they, oh, here's the other thing. They have to have like a typical little boy name, first name. Yep, yep. So it's Jason, Michael, yeah. Fred, Freddie. So what's the first name? Uh, I guess Timmy. Timmy Schrader, played by Jim Brewer in a fright rig. Fright, <laughs> fright goosebumps. Rig. Oh, that's good. Call up R.L. Stein. We got some goosebumps <laughs> here. So what about yours, Gorley? Mine would be the last name's Regan. And then not I'll, comedian, not stand-up comedies, Brian. No, nor President Ronald, or First Lady Nancy, or, or the, uh, famed atheist son. 
um, or a um, weapon of destruction by Martians. Yeah, right. No re gun or um, uh, unthankful daughter of King Lear. Okay, Regan, and he's wearing um, like a seventies striped polo, but it's like not the thick piquet knit kind, just that thin kind of powder blue cotton Ugh. with cigarettes and like um, 70s wire rim, big wire rimmed glasses that weigh the shirt down. You know what I mean? On one yes, side. Yes. So it opens the collar a lot and you see his old tanned <laughs> neck skin. And his, There's some white chest hairs popping yeah, out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little salt and pepper. Yeah. Little something forever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. And his name is Billy. Billy Regan. So Timmy Schrader, Timmy and, Schrader and Billy, Billy Regan. Regan. Don't yeah. get those two together. Or maybe like a Freddy versus Jason yeah. sitch. We want them to yeah. duel. Anyway, listeners, do that at home and uh, share it with your yeah. significant others or family friends. Draw him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it might actually be cathartic for people like it was for Mr. Craven. Yeah. My guy, not Regan. He's a nice guy, but he was troubled on the, on the block but the guy that i'm thinking of that wore that yeah. was also the guy that owned and ran the toy store at, at the local mall the the scary vicky's toy town yeah. i've told you about that yeah Have I? yeah yeah that's in, that guy. in a previous episode we yeah. talked about yeah it was a kind of a strange mall store yeah that got darker the farther you went <laughs> in so it was the opposite of inviting for a toy store <laughs> right maybe it was sort of like um you know how they say like the the test to become an attorney yeah. is just really hard to yeah. make sure every asshole doesn't become a lawyer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice work. <laughs> v- Excuse me. Uh, pardon me. I can oh, I'm so sorry, speak to lawyer. this if you will look at my poor little client. You may know me as the sort of oh, I don't know, Alan Shapiro or Johnny Cochran for the much maligned killers of children in camps, <laughs> neighborhoods, and dreams. Poor Fred Kruger, Frederick Delano Kruger, could you believe un, un, unjustifiably accused of murdering children and then boint in a bowl, boiling room? Why didn't you boil him instead of burning him? Boil him in a boiling room, burn him in a burner phone. What? I rest my case. <laughs> Order the court. Well, what? Oh, oh. Mr. Uh, Southern Gentleman Lawyer, I gotta say, you're, the clients you've been taking on have been less reputable each time. Excuse me, he dressed up in a nice Christmas sweater. Well, that boy. Jason, at first, you know, fairly sympathetic. He drowned as a young boy. His mother was very distraught about it. No further questions. Yes, yeah. And then, you know, Michael, a little weird. Michael Myers. And- oh, who among us is not a little weird? I, for one, could have a playing card deck of scantily clad women wearing nothing but Roman togas <laughs> on their heads as turbans. You could. <laughs> But you watch your sister brush her hair naked. Or you're me personally? You're representing a client. I don't see any difference. And now you're representing a child murderer. Accused and alleged friend. He never saw his day in court. He only saw his (laughs) day at the flame. Wait. So when Nancy's mom had a nightmare on Elm Street, says, well, the judges got richer 
the lawyers got fatter. Yes. She's talking about you. Oh, no. You get name dropped in a I'll have you. I will refer you to that very same woman who said that they did not sign a warrant. And that is more than a loophole. If they would have signed the warrant, they would have come back at a, a much more opportune time to see that in Freddie's possession was a fire extinguisher and um, a uh, 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 signed affidavit that said, I'm not even interested in children. Okay? I guess you don't want your... You're a good lawyer, then. Thank you. Case Everybody closed. Everybody needs to be represented. Yeah. Um, I have to go. Uh, there's a little boy named Timmy Schrader. <laughs> oh, no. He's pulling some shenanigans. Do uh, he's a bad guy. He's scary. Sometimes he scares me. He got crazy hair. It is awfully cute how this other gentleman lawyer says case closed. <laughs> that guy's trouble. He just ran out. You just ran away. You, he's busy. You, he's he's busy. scared of you. There's something up. Well, I know. He's. I mean, he's a slime ball. Nice oh. seersucker suit, though. Hey, uh, do you know why uh, um, uh, lawyers don't eat shark? Why? Uh, professional courtesy. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, you don't eat your own. Excuse me. I'm back. <laughs> I heard that. Sorry. Old joke. Old joke. And I do eat shark, shark fin soup, because it's illegal. But it isn't oh. if you know what you're doing. <laughs> I thought he really was out of earshot. I wouldn't have said such a anti, uh, strong anti-lawyer joke no, for him over here. I feel you bad. take it. God damn it. Um, so yeah. we are... In, in in minutes of the movie, probably five minutes oh, less than? Generously, because we're 51 minutes into this podcast, so that means we're going, at this point, 10 to 1. Oh, Ratio-wise, on yeah. the, the scale. Yeah, to... so we're talking about this movie's 90 minutes long. <laughs> 900 minutes? No. Uh, Two? Wait, hour and a half times 10 is... 15 hours. 900 minutes. 900 minutes. Settle in, everyone. Matt Pinfield with 900 (laughs) minutes. You know they're going to do it. And this is Kennedy. I think I'm a conservative. Am I conservative now? I don't know. Give me a Fox News show. All right, well then... We're never going to feel rushed, but we won't won't make it 15 hours. No. Well... (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Hey... I know there's like two really, aren't there two really good kind of newer documentaries about this series? And I should wait to watch those, right? Yeah. The, uh, oh, there's a, f- a phone happening somewhere weird. outside, like an actual phone. That is. What if. And now it stopped. Is a tongue going to come out of this microphone like in the movie? <gasps> he gets a lot of tongue action going. And I will say, this leads me to something I wanted to discuss. Freddy is definitely the most sexualized of oh, the yeah. slashers we've seen. Yeah, I think it goes Freddy, Michael, Jason. Because we, we realize Jason's an incel, right? Yes. I think Michael and Jason are both incels. Yeah. And Freddy is not. No, he's a nin fan. A Nine Inch Nails fan? He is? What? Oh. Hmm. Well, I bet, because of his glove. <gasps> oh, my God. Is that what they named it from? They should have? I think I heard it. Hmm. Going by what I heard <laughs> on a bus to a track meet. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you that it's You can take on this to the bank. When we die, 
our bone, our nails grow can grow still that much. Inches. You got to be dead for a long. time. Or maybe time. it's like we have enough in our <laughs> nail juice in our body to make yeah. nine inch nails. Nail juice. That should have been the name. Nail juice. Yeah. Trent Reznor really screwed the pooch by yeah. not calling it nail juice. Yeah. Okay, so Freddie's got. Freddie got fingered. That's another thing. Yeah, we should watch that for the nightmare. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> what if that was originally like a Freddy Krueger like spec script? Yeah, and they were like, "Well, we'll keep the name." Yeah, but green lit, but change the script. Keep the name, change the script. Green Tom cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> um, should I watch those documentaries? Oh, so like Never Sleep Alone. That's the one where they talk to Heather Langenkamp a lot. Ooh. Oh. I think that one's about her experience at with fans. Okay. Because no. there's also the new one with the guy. About part two. Right. I'm really curious about that. I'll wait to see part two before I watch yeah. that. Yeah. Should we watch the doc, though, maybe? Just yeah. To, yeah. And we could do an episode on it or something? Yeah. 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 I like where you're coming from. Doc two. Um. Doc two octopoo? <laughs> yeah, doc. One of the early incarnations, uh, incarnations of Doc Ock was Doc Two. Doc Two, yeah. Octopoo. Uh, and he just said, Gorm, four... is this is this okay?" Well, I don't know, listeners, how much you can hear the construction going on. Can you hear it on your thing? You uh, yeah, but there's okay. just yeah nothing we can do. I love it. I love yeah. it. I mean, this is the world podcasting is in. Well, and I think easy listening is not the um, complete. Uh, uh, repression and negligence of yes. non-easy listening. It's saying, yeah, there's other things out there, but in the face of that, we're mm-hmm. being courageous and saying, no, we are easy listening. Absolutely. Part of easy listening isn't just that what you're hearing is easy to listen to. It's got to be like, hey, you got to go easy on that. <laughs> Back off. My name's Christopher Cross. <laughs> Christopher Cross, one of his big hits was Back Off. <laughs> <laughs> I got a toy truck once in kindergarten and on the back it was on the back it written it said back off. For real? Yeah, and I was like, uh eh, somebody could take my toy away because of this seemed a little Wait, you were worried that, like a parent would come along and go, That's too aggressive. Be like that's too profane. I... We know what back is substituting for here. Oh, I didn't even put that together. Wow. <laughs> it was a little <laughs> fearful. <laughs> I didn't need to be that scared about my truck in retrospect, Matt. You get no judgment here. But yeah, uh, I have seen the Freddy documentary, the the one that is about uh, all the movies, and I really, uh, I dug it. And I think the people who made Crystal Lake Memories mm. also made okay. the Freddy documentary. That's exciting. So yeah, a lot, right. of, a lot of love out there. That's what's great about, too, loving these movies. There's no shortage of other things that people make and do yeah. in their celebration of it. Right. Yeah, there's a lot to go along if with you, it. If you like uh, merchant ivory movies, good luck finding a fan base online yeah. that's as big as there's Freddy's. no supplemental material, no conventions, no... Mm-mm. Do you think there's merchant ivory Reddit board? <laughs> Can we start one? <laughs> yes. God, I bet the Merchant Ivory Reddit board is very polite. 
They would have to be. Or what if it's just a bunch of like QAnon fucking trolls that are like, fuck you. Howard's in. I don't even know what. Maybe, a merchant maybe they're film. using the Merchant Ivory Reddit board as like it's a hideout space. They're like oh, they'll never suspect. That's brilliant. QAnon here. Should, maybe we should make whatever Reddit discussion board pops up for this podcast should be called Merchant Ivory, and you have to know that to get in. That's the well, best. now that I've said it, that's it's worth. probably going to happen. Well, keep that in mind, listeners. Yeah. What are the Merchant Ivory films? I know that this Room is what you're interested in. <laughs> What is what are they the came, films you can least came expect? At the same time as these movies, we yeah. can talk about them. <laughs> what <laughs> films did you least expect us to talk about? So I think yes, a room with a view and Howard's End, and uh, uh, they also did um, uh, Call oh. Me by Your Name. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. I didn't I even so. know they were still around. I thought it was just anything with Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> Helena Bonham Carter. Her career is a is a bit of a one eighty. Yeah, she peri- went stuffy right. period pieces to like genre. Yeah, yeah. And sort of like if you need the like, um, I'm sure it was Fight Club that kicked this off, but just sort of like cuckoo damaged right. person. Yeah, but you ain't no period piece person. No way, Those man. Are two, like yeah. our podcast, she's she's straddling both things. Yeah, and God bless her for it. I am curious about the crossover of Merchant Ivory and Splatter. There's got to be something, right? Yeah, the Venn diagram. I mean, the closest I can get is Helena Bonham Carter was in Kenneth Branagh's Frankenstein, but that's not quite right. That is really good. That is sort of like her the where those worlds meet. She does end up as the bride of Frankenstein, and it's one of the creepiest things I've seen in a movie when she finally ends up as that because the way she's because she's beautiful, but she's also got some mm-hmm. you know features haunting qualities. haunting qualities and when she's bald and got burn marks and she's kind of freddy's ideal lady yeah freddy would be like yeah he just went home yeah sign me up <laughs> freddy's on the redneck to the blue collar tour i guess <laughs> sign me up. oh that's interesting well huh? right. jeff foxworthy talks a lot about a rednecks but he's on a blue collar tour yeah. yeah. Okay. Get Figure your, it out. Yeah. Get your, and he's, he's no longer blue collar. That's for sure. Um, uh, so we come out of the nightmare. And yeah. We, we meet Tina and her uh, mom and her mom's boyfriend. Yeah. And Tina's mom looks a little like Nancy's mom, no? Yeah, yeah she does. And um, I think that's partly when I see something like that. In movies or TV shows, I do think it's probably like Wes Craven just thinks all yeah. moms kind of look the same. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. His, the the boyfriend was funny because he's just, you can't tell if they were already awake and maybe he's trying to get frisky or they were awoken and he, he's basically like at all hours of the day, like, come on, let's get it on. Like, <gasps> yeah, for uh, him to do that in front of uh, the daughter, yeah. it's like you could have just waited a moment, sir. Yeah. Uh I mean, I guess that's that scene's there because they seems to be a big theme in this movie. Grown ups suck, for sure. Kids rule. Yeah, grown ups drool. That's right. I guess like the dad doesn't believe her at first, but then he ends up a hero. I read that Roy Scheider was first approached for the dad cop role. Really? But that would have been so similar to Jaws. He's the sheriff yeah. father of of a community where no one believes there's a threat. 
Except right. this in this one, he doesn't believe it, but Roy Scheider did. But that would be interesting. And he would also be like, previously in Jaws, he like him and some other parents killed Jaws, <laughs> and now he's worried Jaws has come back and he's got to keep it quiet. Like I want the it to work other way too. Yeah, absolutely. They but, went out fishing. Actually, they hated lawyers and sharks. And they wanted shark fin soup. They had a southern gentleman lawyer friend. And they all went out fishing on Martha's Vineyard. They killed... Bruce. Bruce. but Spielberg's lawyer. Yeah, but because Bruce had killed their... Hold on. No, wait. Jaws is the prequel. Yes. And then a sequel we have yet to see is where all... All the kids that are the age of Bruce... No, wait... <laughs> That's it. In Jaws 2, it kind of focuses yeah. on his kids a bit. So they should have had it be that he's trying to keep quiet that he killed Jaws. <laughs> it does seem like the dad in Nightmare on Elm Street, I was watching him this time. It seems like he knows from the get-go, hey, this might be the guy we killed coming. Like He's the one that does yeah. seem to have some The other thing I really noticed this time, Johnny Depp as Glenn when the gloves get mentioned, uh, when they're over at Tina's house, he immediately, he has a look in his face that's like, oh, I'm having this dream. Mm. She's talking about the dream. It's not, I used to read it as kind of like, talking about knife tan, a knife tan, that's weird. Mm. But now I think, and that means for both boys, Rod and Glenn, they're having the nightmares and they're not really talking about it that much. Yeah. Glenn kind of, or Rod brings it up after him and Tina have sex. Right. But, and boy, do they. That I, that threw me, not because it was such wild sex, but because I, you, there is no inclination that she is in any way interested. And she's even saying, don't leave. And it feels like a hostage situation. With the with Rod and, and Tina. Tina's saying to, to Nancy and Glenn, don't leave. Oh, yeah. I don't want to be left alone with this guy. But then not then long after, time. she is... Seemingly very into it. Well, and it's also, it brings up something that I think has come up in these slasher franchises, which is like a weird degree of like friends' comfortability with like possibly knowing or seeing or understanding their friends' sex lives. Hearing it, yeah, very clearly. Yeah, you think you'd have a little bit more um, sort of, uh, might be... If you know old Glenn yeah. is sleeping in the other room, keep it down. I know, but maybe, were they trying to make it seem like the sounds were so crazy that that could be, like, in retrospect, what Glenn and um, Nancy would look back and think, oh, she was being murdered or something like that. But oh. she's also screaming when she's running up and down on the <laughs> ceiling. Yeah, but she does, right, she screams a god both times. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, I would feel kind of like, hey, we can go if I was Glenn or Nancy. Yeah, I'd be like, it seems okay. Let's let's leave. Also, sleepover on a school night—that is a big ask from where I come from. Right. Like it's a Wednesday, and they're just like, yeah, spending the night, but. Oh, because the cronups, uh, they're they're bad in this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're killers. They're now. I didn't even put this together. That's why her mom's an alcoholic, probably, because she. If they're going that deep, 
Yeah, she's she feels sad about uh, um, what did you think about um, mom likes vodka? Boy, does she! She sleeps with a, a giant tumbler of it, and also in the end, this is crazy the way she delivers. Hold on, sorry, no, uh, oh. She comes out and is supposed to be all happy and, you know, sunny and everything's fine. And she just has a huge smile on her face and goes, they say you've bottomed out when you can't remember the night before. Like, isn't that funny? Well, I guess I blacked out. (laughs) Isn't that cute? Well, I'm not responsible for being a negligent parent. I mean, I do love in these movies, all the nightmare movies, but particularly this one. And I think like... Wes Craven in general, this is like a thing in all of his movies, is sort of like the kids know better or they're smarter. Give them some credit. Yeah. And I think more, I mean, Halloween has some moments where you're like, these are real kids talking. But uh, I do feel like these kids more than the other movies are kind of more like respectful of teenagers and, and they... I agree. It's not like talking down to them. It's more realistic, I would yeah. say. It does not mirror the real world, because I can't remember if I told you this story on previous podcast episodes, but did I where I went to Wes Craven's house once? No. So I had a friend who was somehow friends with Wes Craven's assistant, and on New Year's Eve, she was throwing a party at his house, and he was out of town, and we went to Much it. Much like Tina's mom being yes. out of town. <laughs> yeah. And we're just walking through his house, and there was all these people there, and there was the the Elm Street street sign up above one of the rooms, and there was the one of the gloves, and you know, like everybody, as far as I know, was being respectful of it. But that assistant got fired. I do know that he, because he did not party. approve of the party. Yeah, That's I was good. I, I was just gonna say, like, was that was the party Craven approved? But it wasn't. No, it was not. Oh my gosh, that person took a I know, considerable that's risk. Bold. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, I guess if you're like, hey, I could have 50 friends come over and get to look at a Freddy glove, I'd be tempted to. Yeah, and it didn't seem like anybody was interested in that because it was like up in the Hollywood Hills. There was amazing view. It was a nice house. It was kind of a modern house. It wasn't huge, but it was nice. Wow. And everybody was just, it felt like one of those parties from a TV show like Entourage or something. Not like there was cocaine and topless people everywhere it just just kind of like hip people that i have no idea who they are or what yeah. they do or where they're from i was just with a small group of friends and i know I, that's only happened to me like once or twice where i wind up somewhere and i go like oh this must be this happens every night probably somewhere yeah i don't i'm not aware of it it's yeah. just like yeah a lot of well-dressed people yeah being cool yeah and i was just there looking at the props or going like, bad i yeah. would oh to to snoop around and yeah in, in the craven cave <laughs> and oh well i we talked about this on the friday the 13th podcast of uh, the podcast but um last house on the left mm. uh written directed by wes craven and hills and have pro- eyes yeah and produced by sean cunningham yeah right who directed friday the 13th so. yeah they kind of all splintered off a little bit. Um, and, oh, when I just said written directed by Wes Craven, I think that's also why these are, this one's really good too. Because I think when somebody can take something from 
writing to yeah. shooting it to editing it, it just sort of stays together. It's the same with the Halloween. Yeah, I think so too. I watched the the documentary a bit, and he seems like a really smart kind of even keeled guy. And I was really surprised to learn of the origin of this idea. Do you know about that? No. That he had read in the L.A. Times about this, like yeah, um, uh, they called it uh, what was it like Asian death syndrome or but something. It was a, Somebody would get so exhausted because they were afraid to go to sleep. And, and they'd then... die in a nightmare. And then there were two more articles that followed, and he was just like, this is something. Maybe that's partly why it can somehow not be fully paranormal. Yeah. Like, the the idea of... Well, I do think the scariest thing when you're in this movie, the movie is like, when you're in the dreams, you're like, oh, I have zero control. Yeah. Like, That's a I can't, very powerful thing. In any other scenario with a horror movie, you're like, maybe they get out through the window or something. But yeah. particularly if the person doesn't even know that they're in the nightmare or right. whatever, then you're like, oh, they're so screwed. Yeah. But um, but what was the... Asian death syndrome was what it was called. Um, and there were a lot of these Southeast Asian people that had escaped from the regime of Pol Pot and had, had traumatic experiences uh, and were having these nightmares and stuff. So Paul Pot is kind of the Freddy. <laughs> well, I guess too, like it's sort of similar to the movie, which is there's some past trauma that's kind of yeah, yeah, rearing right. its head, like the that that rocked the community. Yeah. Uh, but I guess so. You're saying like Wes Craven read that article and then was like, that kind of gives me an idea for for yeah, and it this really is more fleshed out as a story than either Halloween or Friday the 13th. Because, like, Friday yeah. the 13th, you get a bit of an origin. Halloween, you see the origin, but you don't know really what it's about. Yeah. You don't know why little Michael's creeping on his topless sister. You're bringing up like what I thought when I saw those blades come out and the sweater and the hat in the very beginning. I was like, oh, this is the first time a movie's, like, fully aware of slasher iconography. Yeah. Like, at, by this point... You know, Freddy has, uh, or Jason has a mask, and like, it just is so com. Like, you know, as we know, it takes like until Friday Thirteenth Part Three yeah. before Jason gets his hockey mask. Right. This movie is like from the very beginning. He's like, he has a glove with blades on it. Yeah, he's got yeah. branding. He's starting with it. Yeah, <laughs> Freddy's really good at self branding. He is, man. He, he knew is good. like iconic sweater, hat, glove. He's and face. He's got multiple iconic. Yeah, things. they really. They broke the mold. <laughs> they made Freddy. <laughs> so Tina's our first to go. Yeah. And it's a, a hell of a death scene. It's really good. It still packs a wall up. Yeah. It's really... And I think uh, what's scary about when I was watching it is to be the guy watching... It was what I just said where you don't have control or something. That's really horrific that he's kind of in yeah. a corner, yeah. cowering, unable to help like a loved one. Is yeah. really, that's darker than most of these movies yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's it's one thing to just watch it happen, to, but to watch someone watching it. Yeah. Helpless like that. Yeah. And it's kind of um, uh, endless. Like it goes on a little bit long. Also, what you were saying too, that this is like, well, 
like conceived and well written and stuff. Like the thing I was admiring about this, I'm like, man, they in under ninety minutes or at ninety minutes, there's so many ideas packed into this. Like when she steps out of her house in the dream and is walking around her neighborhood, I'm like, oh, that's like the other world in Stranger Things. Mm, yeah. Is that what it's called, the other world? Uh, but the like sort uh, of like yeah, upside down. Yeah, upside down. Sorry. Uh, that I was like, oh. This movie just like that's an idea that's so rich and it just kind of uses it for like two scenes because it's so it just feels so creative. Yeah. It's like brimming with possibilities right. and stuff. And then the thing I was admiring, I was like, man, it's each thing, each scene like pushes into the other. Like there's no I never got bored or restless watching this. No, it really moves along. It's it's kind of. For what it is, perfect in its own right. Yep. It feels pretty original. I think it's pretty, pretty perfect. And yeah. the actors are all generally pretty good. I think Johnny Depp's doing a pretty good yeah. job early on. And I think Tina's pretty Tina's good. great. And you kind of do go like, she be Nancy? I know. She's... I I mistook her for, do you remember the movie One Crazy Summer with John Cusack? Yeah. Like she, I thought she was the mean girl in that. Maybe she isn't. But and then I did that too with the teacher in this movie. I thought she was the ugly woman in kingpin but she's she is she is she's the producer robert shea his sister and she's an actress i know but... she's in something about mary yep. yeah but she's also in kingpin oh well i just assumed the fairly brothers i thought have I an act, at... a go-to actress for their <laughs> maybe they did grotesque characters yeah but she is so maybe she's not in kingpin i but didn't she realize the... she's the sister of shea yeah, she's a Shea sister. <laughs> a Shea sister. <gasps> wow. Uh, oh, and that's like very like, how many times have we seen that scene in Halloween where somebody's yeah. in a classroom and like they're whatever is the, what the movie thinks is the metaphor. Yeah. They kind of make the the discussion of the literature. Yeah. But this one's about Hamlet's ghost or, or, or Hamlet's dad's ghost. Are they yeah. talking Hamlet? I thought they were. Pretty sure. Ham. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it looks like uh, Freddy's face. <laughs> Do you think they ever, in a pinch, ever used ham for <laughs> Freddy's face? <laughs> I hope so. We'll see if like some animal has to eat some of his face. Then we'll know they did. Or right. Peanut butter. If in the background we see like a little dog run up and sort of lick Freddy's face. <laughs> like, oh, I think they used some ham. <sighs> I was surprised at how straightforward Freddie was in this one, that he's just a kind of mostly silent killer. Yeah, because by the end, he's a real chatty Cathy. So yeah. I did think it was funny, though, that eventually the criticism is like Freddie becomes less scary because he talks too much. But you do hear Freddie say something before you see him in this. You, you hear him go like, do you know? That's right. It should be like when he's making his stuff like, yeah, oh, good. No, oh, nice, nice angle grind. Oh, hey, stitch in time. <laughs> Freddie just going. Psst. Another day, another uh, nine-inch nail. Oh, why do I sound like a one of the Muppets up in the balcony? <laughs> oh yeah, he sounds like Doctor Teeth. Or... Yeah, Doctor Teeth. Funny that we mentioned nine-inch nails uh, and Muppets right now because yesterday. I was trying to think of a spoof song for Closer by Nine Inch Nails just for fun. Yeah. And I thought, <laughs> speed ahead 15 seconds if you don't want to hear something dirty. I want to fuck you like I'm animal. 
like a Muppet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. Thank you. And now you've skipped ahead 15 minutes. You didn't hear anything dirty, you fucker. Did I say 15 minutes? No, but I did. <laughs> Andy Warhol. Yeah. Andy Warhol skips his podcast by 15 minutes. Yes. To get less fame. Listen, uh, I know the real reason I know that I didn't see this movie was because when Tina haunts Nancy in her dreams in school and she's in the bloody body bag, yeah, that was generally hor- generally <laughs> genuinely. generally, it was vaguely horrifying. I could have <laughs> could have got a little more specific. I mean, narrow it down. That is scary. It was so scary, and that would have stayed with me as a kid. I just I saw it now and re- reverted back to being a kid, going like that was harrowing well and also having a nightmare in like a high school is i mean i know nancy's in high school but she don't know that for the rest of her life she's going to be having nightmares that take place in that high school like i still do college campus yeah elementary school yeah i hate it maybe that's why these movies can like rattle me a bit because i get so bummed out by the idea that i i might have a really crummy night's sleep having a terrible anxiety dream. Oh, yeah. And, and then, I got no say in the matter. No, and have they been more lately because of coronavirus and everything? I've I've had worse. Yeah, they have a particular edge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Freddy's back. Is Freddy in them? Not yet, but I, I don't remember if I ever He's told this. He's not wearing this. a mask. <laughs> That's the thing, yeah. I... Had all these obviously recurring Michael Myers nightmares. You can catch up with that on the other ones. But I remember a time when it got quelled, when it, it translated into Freddy, and I was a little less afraid of Freddy, and he was chasing me, and my, me and my stepdad, and I put an axe in his back to stop him, and then I heard oh. cut, and we were on a movie set, and it like it diffused the whole thing, and somehow Freddy was the key to that for me. I don't know why. I wonder if, like, could, you know how in these movies they're always trying to figure out a way to get out of the nightmare. Yeah. If somebody could use the, like, cut. Yeah. I mean, I think New Nightmare has a little bit of a, the one that is meta. I'm excited to see I think it has a bit of a cut. I have no idea what to expect. I know the remake is pretty much reviled, but I Mm. love Jackie Earl Haley, so I'm even very curious to see that one. For just curiosity's sake as a, as a, Jackie head. Yeah. Um, a Jack head. Jack A head. <clears throat> I'm the Jack A head. You're the Jack. Mary. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, like the, um, the remake is pretty bad though. Yeah. Is yeah. it like zombie levels of just depravity or is it more just not good? It's, it's sort of what I was just saying about the, what's so good about this first one is just like it's so imaginative. There's just, in the remake, there's zero imagination. Mm. I think there's like five deaths in the boiler room. And you're like, you guys realize you could go anywhere. And somebody's <laughs> like, widescape. It is funny, too, that just, I guess Freddy's there because that's where he was killed. And yeah. I know we talked about the, that you were saying, I'm already like nostalgic about earlier moments in this episode. <laughs> that's of the because book. we're uh, <laughs> hour and 20 in. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah. Um, what did you like? You like the early Haley from? I do well, all the way back to Bad News Bears, but 
then his resurgence in Watchmen and is it Little Children where he right. also plays a child molester? Yeah. Which I feel like must have been his unknowing audition for Freddy Krueger. Well, and that's a flip right in the remake. They make it that it is a child sexual abuse. Yeah, and it was supposed to be for this one, but they tamed it down. Yeah. I mean, maybe we can, this is jumping a bit. By changing it, this is the first time where I was like, wow, it puts a lot of, not going to be a, a bummer here. Uh, I mean, a bummer in. Um, not a double bummer. No, right. But that means Nancy had an older sibling that was murdered by Freddy that oh, the parents are killing. I didn't put that together. I mean, why else would these parents right? You don't know care if it was, so much to kill Fred Krueger if it was like a wasn't na- their child? Neighborhood watch where you like you kill one of our kids on the street. But yeah, you're right. Likely she would or Glenn would have. I mean, you realize in the original script if they had, if she said Freddy Krueger was a filthy child molester, yeah, which just sounds like what somebody would say. She goes, Freddy Krueger was a filthy child murderer. <laughs> she <laughs> does. Like, yeah. Oh. I mean, she says murderer and her lips say murderer, so she's definitely saying murderer. It just is like... But that also is interesting because if he's just a child molester, does that imply like Nancy and Glenn and Tina had exactly all been That's exactly what I was leading to. Which kind of connects more to their nightmares. Yes. It's darker, but it makes a little it bit more... It makes a lot more sense that it's sort of like, hey, this whole theme of the movie, which is like our parents, by trying to repress something, actually made it worse for ourselves and we kind of have to like pay for the sins of our parents or whatever yeah that is way more on track than kind of being like wait so because you killed my older sister who i never met or maybe you killed a stranger or or a stranger's kid or a neighbor's friend's kid was it just doesn't line up do we ever find out what fred krueger was he just like a uh did he work did he was he just a town's freak what did he have a job what what, what were his interests hobbies i might have this I mean, like sort of know. Like, <laughs> made up thing where i thought maybe it's because in an episode of simpsons groundskeeper willie plays does freddy but yeah. i always kind of imagined him like working at a school i do too is he like the maintenance man at the school or something is that why they kill him there yeah and this is the first time i i really tried to pay attention to what the mom was saying because she was like then we followed him to where he would bring his, bring the children back and we kill them there. And I'm like, so it, was it the boiling room? Because they don't say that. Is it mm. where he lived? Or I don't know. I guess we'll find out in later installments. Yeah, I bet they... <laughs> I do hear that, is it three, four, and five are direct sequels to each other more so that they really kind of like build the mythology or something? I didn't hear yeah. that. I read that. No, I don't have like someone feeding me Freddy news. I'd love it if each of our wives were like bigger Freddy fans than ours, and, and they're whispering in our ears like, "Don't forget to mention." Yeah, they're like Cyrano de Bergerac's out to the side, going. I do know a lot of. Uh, I shouldn't say a lot, but it's um, that Freddy is seen as sexy by women. Not just because they want to dress up like sexy Kruger for Halloween. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm basically <laughs> no, that but really, I, yeah. And I kind of when I, I was watching this, I've I was thinking like, this. I know it's like, well, they never say he molested them. So if we just kind of take the movie at face value, and it's just like, so there's no sexual aspect to the murders themselves. Yeah, but he is like 
super like her having her uh, and i'm not trying to be crass like in the bathroom with her when she's in the bathtub and yeah. her legs are open and having yeah. a hand come front and that's like a huge part of the uh marketing of yeah. the movie and the selling of the movie like there wasn't any sort of resistance to making him it's a little unseemly for, for sure yeah i think if you're saying it goes Freddie, Michael, Jason, in terms of sexual awakening. Yes. <laughs> We've already covered this. Yeah. But also, if the way you're saying, like, girls are attracted to Freddie, and I, I might need a little more proof <laughs> than me just saying, oh. <laughs> but, but Michael would be next because he's also supposedly very good looking, right? We've heard that before. Right. The idea is the face of an angel, but dark di- yeah. eyes of darkness. Where Jason, from the get goes, he's got some issues. <laughs> well,. We got three three guys here, and there's a game that people do. Fuck, Mary kill? Yes. Okay, let's play. Okay. <laughs> wow, this one's tough. This is tough. This is the toughest round of Fuck, Mary kill I've ever played. Okay, I've got it. Let me think. Okay, I got mine. I'm going to kill Freddy because I feel like after a while, the jokes are going to get old. <laughs> And wash that damn sweater. I know. He's always on. I also chose to kill Freddy. Okay. I I, I have a feeling we're heading in the same way. I'm going to fuck Michael. Yes! <laughs> because I've got a lot of deep-seated issues with him, and I don't want to live with him, and I don't want to deal with that my whole life. But I want a, one crazy night of getting that out of my system. Yeah, and also you could kind of like be in a way sort of like, People would be like, you're not scared of Michael Myers? And you go, no, we had a one-night stand. It's whatever. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, a way I left to kind him. of like, yes. Yeah, yeah I, I broke up with him. He tried calling the next day. And I, yeah, and he's a good-looking so. guy. <laughs> Weird eye. <laughs> right, that's the other reason why you'd want to F Michael is because he's good-looking and, like, you know, people are like, wow. Yeah, you, wow, Michael you, landed, was into you. you landed Michael Aubrey Myers? <laughs> And then Jason just, he seems like the sweetest of the yeah, three somehow. Yeah, he seems like he'd be devoted and loyal. <laughs> yeah. And as long as he's got his hockey mask on, you don't have to look at him. Yep. <laughs> and uh, just don't take him camping. No. Keep See, him away Yeah, from... take him out of the wilderness. He's probably fine. Uh, Well, don't go to Manhattan No, you're that right. Guy. Suburbs. It's got to be suburbs. <sighs> hey. What are we going to get Jason in the suburbs? I know. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Forget Jason in the snow or a long-time request. And did you hear there's a, a never... Never hike alone? Yes, now never uh, hike in the snow. Right. Is what it's called. Yeah. I haven't... It hasn't come out yet, but it's the first Jason in winter. It's a fan film. Yeah. Directly inspired by our idea. <laughs> we'll see. I wonder if... um. It's fan film, like P-H-A-N-P-H-I-L-M, like they're also fish heads. Man, a Jason goes to a fish concert and doesn't kill anybody, just enjoys himself. <laughs> okay, real quick. What are Freddie, Michael, and Jason's favorite bands? <laughs> this is Freddie's got to be Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Freddie's got to be Nine Inch Nails. Yes. Feels very on brand for It's been established in the canon. Yeah. Michael seems more emo to me. Yeah. Or something like indie rock or. Yeah. He he, he cranks some My Chemical Romance from time to time. 
Yeah. What about Jason? He's some seals Jason, and Croft. Or, or like hardcore country. <laughs> like big and rich or rig and bitch or whatever they're called. Or, uh, or maybe like outlaw country. Kind of like yeah. Willie Nelson oh, yeah. and Waylon Jennings. I mean, absolutely. God, we're asking all the tough questions and we're answering them. What is, what's a final sort of um, trio triumphant that we can kind of cast? Oh. The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost? That's a good one. Okay. Of, Fre- of Freddie, Michael, and Jason, who's the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost? I feel like Freddie's the Father somehow. Yeah. Do you feel that? Yep. This is why we have this podcast. We both know yeah. that Freddie's the father of the Holy Triumphant. And Michael feels like the son to me. I had them flip. Okay, I because understand. son. Well, well, Jason is a somebody's son. son. Yeah, but you're right. I just Jason's feel like the a, mom going like, "My son, Jason." My that's son. part of his identity is yeah. being that son. You're right. Yeah, and because I feel like Michael has more of a spiritual. A, a, a Holy Ghost yes. element more than Jason. In I the think sequels. you're right. Just yeah. kind of calling him the what you know the shape. Yeah, right, right. The Holy Ghost, the shape. Yeah, it's just this thing that this evil personified. Yeah. Okay, I got one more. Okay, Th- three amigos. <laughs> also, I want to see fan art clippings, yes. pastings of this. Um, okay, let me give this good thought. I I feel okay, like okay, I got him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Go. Go ahead. Okay, I'll go with this one. I think Michael is Chevy Chase. Yes, I'm with you. I think Freddie is Martin Short. Absolutely. Absolutely. God damn it! I think yeah. Jason is Steve Martin. Yeah, that one. Take it to the bank. <laughs> Take it to the bank. You got choked up there. <laughs> It's just so, so perfect. Beautiful. We may have to continue this in future episodes when you think of a good trio. Yes, and this your trios. Yeah. <laughs> what? I was like, send us your trios. <laughs> Let's do one more. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Okay. Uh, what's a good trio? There's like, let's just throw some out. We don't have to do them. Han, Luke, and Leia. Um, uh, Han, Luke, and Leia is good. Okay. Okay. That's Ooh, a, you know what's also fun about this for our listeners? What? They can do it too. Yeah, yeah. and you can you can disagree and come up with your own trios. That's a tough one. But I, I'm saying for them, they might have, a, right, a, a moment ago, they were like, Michael was my Chevy too. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, if they know their their movies, they would have chosen <laughs> yeah, they that. they knew. That was the, the glove. Clear as day. Face and mask. Oh, Han, Leia, Luke. Ah. Uh, this is. I could go a couple different ways. Immediately self-evident. No. I I'm I'm relatively certain Luke is not Freddy. Yeah, I I have my Luke established. I think he's Michael because his journey begins as an innocent boy. Ah. But what? No, you're thinking because I could see going Freddy. I I thought I mean Jason Jason sorry. because I was just like I was like Luke is the most pure-hearted. You're right. It has to be because his parents die. Yeah, but Michael is good because it is like Does Lance... you see more of him 
his arc from boy, sweet, angelic, yeah, blonde-haired boy to evil. Definitely, Michael Myers okay. is. So Leia's Jason. <laughs> Naturally, they're not all perfect fits. Fred, some are by default. So Freddie is Han, because they're both wisecrackers. Oh, maybe not. No, because no, because Leia's got a, quite a wit too. Mm-hmm. That's true. <sighs> but is Han is Han Jason? This is a tough one. Oh, man, this is a tough one. And it, I think what's really hard about it is we love Three Amigos. Yeah. But we don't know the backstories and ins and outs right. of Dusty Bottoms. Yeah, or Ned Niederlander. Yeah, or oh, this happened before, didn't it? Or was it a different podcast? Have been about on. all the Three Amigos characters. Dusty Bottoms, Ned Niederlander. This has happened on a podcast Lucky. before. Lucky day. Lucky day. Nice. Um, but you know, there's so much outside canon lore about these Star Wars characters. It kind of trips us up. Yeah. We can't have as easy as a. Oh, clearly. Yeah. And you want us to spend time on this on this podcast and not get to the movie? We'll come. This one's for you to figure out, listener. Yeah, that's good. We can't do it all for you. By the end of the Nightmare franchise, it'll be so clear. We'll be like, of course, Freddy was Leia. Right. Well, yeah, the vote's still out. (laughs) Um, Okay. uh, um, That high school. When they arrive at the beginning, yeah, um, just a that's a, that's old Marshall High in Los Feliz. Where's that? Just a stone's throw from here. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, that's the, weird because you live by Marshall High, I live by South Pasadena High, which is the Halloween high yeah. school. Hmm. I used to live really close to Marshall High, and I thought it was awesome because it's also at the end where they dance in Greece. So I'm just like, oh, oh my gosh, my this God. high school has it all. Did you ever think you'd be living by like iconic high schools? <laughs> I didn't. Never. Although I grew up near Whittier High where they shot Back to the Future. Yeah, you're so like, hey, you know what this what is I'm talking about, yeah. Uh, and one time I came out to my car and some high schoolers, it was in the morning, smoking some doobage out oh by the, my, my car before They're... they go into class. You yeah. know what? what? I just gave them a head nod as I went in my car. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not some... You'll be dead soon. I don't need to worry about you. <laughs> yeah, I went... <laughs> I said, pot kills. <laughs> <laughs> don't you know those things are filled with chemicals? With pot? <laughs> uh, so then Rod goes on the lamb. Yes, he does. And they chase him and they get him and they put him in jail. Um, Oh, wait. Yeah, and hey... I wouldn't want to be wearing, if I got tackled by police on hot, rough pavement, Yeah, I'd like to be wearing more than just a leather jacket. No shoes. No shoes. And speaking of that leather jacket, there's all kinds of weird ADR in this movie, but when um, Nancy goes to visit Rod in jail, they are clearly using the onset sound because the microphone is placed soundly in his leather jacket, and every movie <gasps> makes sounds like an iceberg surfacing, and it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there is some, there is a couple times where I noticed somebody might be saying something and their mouth wasn't moving in that yeah. moment. But Yeah, especially in the alternate endings when they're driving away and Nancy like says, bye, mom. And she's like, you see her waving and screaming, bye, mom. But it just goes, bye, mom. <laughs> it was really weird. Uh, 
You know, I guess you could always with these you go. Yeah, that, that's a nightmare. Yeah, your you nightmares. Your it. lips don't match words sometimes. Yeah. Hey, what are we gonna call a pee break this time? That's a good question. So just as a review for yeah. Um, well, first started, let's give credit where credits due with James Bonding. We did a a Walther PPK. We just call it yeah. That? yeah. So James Bond's gun is called a Wal- Walter PPK, and you yeah. came up with Walter PPK. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. a PP. Right. And then I love that. Uh-huh. And then with Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Chasing more peas. Yeah, chasing more peas. Yeah. So we're like, ooh, I gotta go. Yeah. Chasing some more peas. Yeah. Added some there. Yeah. And then Michael Myers was the best. What was it? Psych, I'll try oh yours. Oh my god. <laughs> and it was Where about going. Go? Yeah. Hey, I gotta use the bathroom. I think I'm actually gonna go to my house though. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's psych. A I'll try yours. Okay. That was great. All right. Okay, so now that's led us to. <sighs> And once we have these three established, we should figure out which ones Freddie, Michael, and Jason <laughs> fit with. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jason Voorhees. That's definitely Jason. Uh, and this is the part of Ooh, every... Ready. Yeah, ready. But this is the part of every series where we take a good 20 minutes of silence for you to listen to. <laughs> yeah. Actually, advance the 15 minutes thing right yeah. now. And you'll get it right when we're... Five minutes away from coming up with it. Ready's great. Yeah, so ready. So you, ready. we would go like, I'm ready. Ooh, two. Ready to. Grr. What rhymes with grr that suggests waste? Per. per human waste. <laughs> stir. <laughs> I'm ready to stir. Ready to purr. Ready, ready to purr. Ugh. Hey, I got to pee and I'm ready to purr. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I will officially say this is a little <laughs> ready to purr. I'm ready to purr. We'll be right back. With I went that long with purring. Yeah, I mean, I've had to purr before, but never quite like that. <laughs> well, you did tell me you were ready. Could we eventually get that into the popular lexicon where people are calling peeing purring? Yeah, well, and it's great when we have stuff like podcasts and the internet, so you can capture those moments. You yeah. know, like. I'm sure the cat's pajamas was right. somebody said that and nobody ever really knew. But now when somebody goes 50 years from now, ooh, can you pull over? I'm ready to purr. <laughs> People go, you know what that's from? Actually, let's listen to it in the car right now. <laughs> uh, uh, one thing I wanted to point out. Yes. In um, Nancy's dad's office, um, Nancy... Uh, on her dad's desk is um, Nancy's headshot. <laughs> so the actress's headshot. Yes. So are we to think that Nancy is like an aspiring actress or something? I think that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And because they don't say they're in Illinois. Right. It could be in California. Maybe she wants to 
do some commercials. Oh my God, how funny. More than likely, it was a set decorator who's just like, ah, I guess. Do you have a headshot? I can put this on here. It's autographed. <laughs> that I love that. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we're. Oh, the. Um... Hmm. Okay. Well, we're. Oh, oh, we were talking about um, how our dad used Nancy as bait. Yeah. Right. I don't know and if I'd do that. that. If if I was a, a a cop, I don't know if I'd use my daughter as bait. I know to... I wouldn't, but that happened in halloween too remember in like f- four or five yeah. the sheriff uses his somewhere in there yeah no yeah. i remember that That's um a new trope we've discovered <laughs> yeah parental horrible parenting i guess if you're really you're like man i gotta catch catch this freddy or catch this greaser <laughs> i'm going freddy catching i wish he would use that yeah a level of Dedication to capturing Freddy. I know. In the nightmare world. Yeah, he was unconcerned about that. Even when she's calling, going like, I got him over here. Okay. Yeah, right. Okay, or or no, I'm going to go to bed now and get him. I mean, I would be too. No one's going to be believing someone's coming out of your dreams to kill you. Unless they're reading about <gasps> I know, Asian when she death syndrome. smashes up out those windows and is crying out like, help me, help me. Yeah. And they're kind of, crazy kid. Yeah. I don't know if that's classic cuckoo kid behavior. Right. Right. Also, like, the fact that they had to put those bars on their house in that nice neighborhood is, like, really bringing property values down. <laughs> I bet those neighbors were not happy. No. Because they didn't understand. Even, like, Glenn's parents. Oh, man, they had no time for any of Nancy's shenanigans. Not, that father? No, the dad. Yeah. This is how you him. have to deal with these kids. Yeah. That's yeah. how he thinks, treats his son. M- meanwhile... His his son looks like a goddamn movie star. Yeah, yeah. Maybe show some respect. Maybe he's gonna buy you a house. I know. Maybe get him some headshots. <laughs> That's the real star there. <laughs> yeah, that does not look like the the father of Johnny Depp. <laughs> I don't think that. A Maybe in Glenn's real life, adopted? obviously. Well, I think Mommy Depp was out there getting around with whatever if the sheriff thompson came by yeah he's got this perfect jaw or freddy like bedroom eyes we don't we know what robert england looks like but we don't know what freddy looks like yet right maybe he's johnny deppy looking Some now debonair nancy's mom at one point to try to get her to go to sleep says do you want some warm milk and this was a thing that you would see pop up in television and movies mm-hmm. from days of old Recently, because I hadn't been sleeping, that came into my consciousness, and I'm like, is warm milk really a thing? And I started Googling it, and apparently milk has, is it tryptophan like turkey does? Oh. But it, like turkey, there's not enough in it to really do anything, so it's kind of a wife's tale. Huh. But I tried it anyway, and it wasn't bad. <laughs> I've had warm milk, and I got kind of a gross theory why I think it comforts people. Why? Body <gasps> temperature, milk from a boob. Right. I did drink it out of a, a boob <laughs> jar. That's why you had that. Yeah, like a wine bag. Yeah. You know? And then I looked at it, and it was uh, from the Dolly Parton Co. <laughs> it takes up a whole cupboard, <laughs> let me just tell you. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Keep listening, please. We won't do it again. But so, yeah, because she goes... 
Uh, Nancy wants some warm milk. This may be one of my favorite Nancy lines in the warm in the movie. Warm milk, gross. <laughs> She's right. Yeah. She's right. the audience surrogate. That was the era, like when when I was a kid, I guess in '84. So I was 11 at this time. It would have been like a parent would have said, "Do you want some more milk?" And I would have gone, "What is this? I love Lucy. No, <laughs> I'm a Silver Spoons kid. Give me a Pepsi. That'll put me right to sleep." You liked uh, Silver Spoons? No, 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 I didn't. I just I grasped. I like that he had a train in his bedroom. Yeah. That was crazy. Sign me up for that. No kidding. Yeah, and the toy. You a fan of the toy with Richard Pryor? I I realize how problematic it is yeah, for so, sure. But I was as a kid. I loved that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that is was more of a thing. Maybe it was just the materialism of that age. Yeah. But the kid with like the awesome toy room was yeah. definitely. I feel like more of a fixture of the culture than yeah. than it is now. Yeah, because even like FAO Schwartz, that toy store was kind of like you right. go in and it wasn't laid out like a toy store. It was more like a giant carpeted living room and places. Yeah, dome. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then Nancy opens her medicine cabinet at one point, and there's just a butterfly, 3D butterfly decoration inside the back of the medicine cabinet. And I was like, is that a thing? Why would there be that? I there? didn't see that. I saw a dark side poster in Tina's room oh. behind the mom when she comes in. But what's the three-dimensional Not butterfly? like just three-dimensional, but like like not flat. It was just a, you know, it had <laughs> wings and it was like plastic or something and it's just stuck on the back side. <laughs> and first, my first thought is like, that's going to get in the way of the things you're stacking on the shelves. But why put it there? Why is the butterfly behind the door? What do you think? My only thought is that they're shooting on location and that was just there. Yes, that's <laughs> probably right. Some kid put it there or something. Well, because some props feel very deliberate. Like the, um, I noticed Rod before they go to sleep. He pulls a blanket over him, and it's like a redded green swipe, uh, striped blanket. R- red and green? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like the rag top on the car, too. The what? At the end. Oh, yeah. 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 But that was, like, so poorly done with just, like, green duct tape or something. Yeah. Also, how do you... How do you think they got that convertible thing to flip up? How do you think they got that convertible? Why do those kids have that convertible? <laughs> Why? That's Glenn's car, right? Yeah, and if driving up to school in that feels a little ostentatious. It also doesn't feel like his dad is the type that's like, no. you've got to be forceful with these kids. Here, take my cherry condition candy apple red convertible Cadillac. Well, because they pull up in a car at the beginning up to the high school, right? That's also in really that one. cool, by the way. How they, yeah. Those kids are in slow motion, and then it goes over, and you enter Oh, yeah, life. that's right. So, so I noticed like a motorcyclist who I think behind the car I realized like oop not supposed to be here <laughs> you see him kind like of they hadn't cornered the out the streets yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're putting green duct tape on convertibles and yeah it feels not that keeping way. motorcyclists out of the road and when you realize what the budget of this film probably was it's amazing they were able to pull off what they could pull off yeah and then you think about how much money has been made off these movies you're like, what's the ratio of that? What's the... I know. Because it made its money back on its first weekend. Wow. Yeah. I guess that's why you make six, eight, 
sequels to these movies yeah. too. You're just like even diminishing the return the on this yeah. is <laughs> huge. Yeah. Um, oh, that part. Um, you know how they'll wake up sometimes and they'll have scratches on them. Yeah. And stuff like um, I love that in movies that like trope. Yeah. Of like, but I like it when it's not scratches, when it's like gentle, where somebody like wakes up with popcorn and he's <laughs> like oh I was there <laughs> can you think of any examples <laughs> there's this um, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade that was like a kid has a dream that he goes and dances with a clown and then it's a little different that he well, wakes up wait this is a parade just what do you mean like the- you can watch video of it but it's this story unfolds in the parade. Yeah, like it's a video segment where oh, uh, it, a pre-tape thing, and he dances with the clown, and then he wakes up, and you think, okay, he had a dream with the clown, and then it pans over, and the like mime clown is behind him. <laughs> this is where it gets really good. He winks to the camera, the clown, but because it's like live Thanksgiving Day parade, he can't. He has to hold it to make it encouraging. <laughs> so it's just this guy like holding this wink while everybody else moves around him. This is something. Is this somewhere that we could see, or you just remember? Let's watch it on ebobsworld dot com. <laughs> so yeah, I think people can. <laughs> that is something I'm aware of, and I've been to, and I've seen things on, and I don't have any idea why it's called Ebombs World, and I don't want to know. No, we don't want to know. No. Yeah, but I think YouTube kind of sent Ebombs yeah. World out to pasture. Yeah. Um, have you ever shared at his... I never have. It seems like the thing of fantasy, sharing the same dream as somebody. No. In an instance like that. Yeah, I don't think that's... Yeah, Unless, and if it did happen, I would just chalk it up to like, yeah, we both watched, yeah, the news, the same news right. program that night. Yeah, unless it had Freddie, then I would. I've never had it. You had a dream with yeah, Freddie. Yeah, but you used him as kind of a. No, you, you didn't have control over him. It's not like you. He diffused it. Yeah, I love how we're talking about this on the same episode, and it was so far ago that we had to recall it. <laughs> Somebody pointed out, I think once. We told the same anecdote <laughs> twice. On and the did same, it. yes, on the same episode. Same episode. These are the perils that you take in listening to this show, and that again, we will, we won't apologize, but we won't. We're not proud of it. We're just saying like this is what it is, and this is the first episode, so you know what you're in for, and we understand if it's not your cup of tea. But for some people, we found and enough people, it is. Yeah, yeah, a little lemon in their tea. That's right. That being said, where are we in the film? Um, well, um, should we talk about oh 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 uh, uh, um, Rod's death? Yes, the prison. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's an interesting one because it's got plausible deniability. Like Freddie tends to like it seems like he's calculating ways to kill people so that it somehow doesn't implicate him, which isn't important because he's not in the real world. No one can come arrest him. So like the first Tina, it seems like Rod did it. Rod, it seems like he did it. It isn't until you get to Johnny Depp where you're like, who dug this hole in the bed and oil welled the ceiling with blood? (laughs) 
who lacquered the ceiling with Glenn's blood. Who accident? Speaking about Glenn there will be blood. What? There will be blood. Yeah. What's his name? What is that guy's name? Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, but his character, Plainview. Yeah, Daniel Plainview yeah. came in. He's like, I can smell it, and he just started pickaxing that bed. Johnny Depp was in it, and the gusher of, of blood. Freddie's voice and Daniel Plainview are a little similar. Yeah, yeah. I drink your nightmare. Perfect. <laughs> no notes. <laughs> None taken. I drink your nightmare. <laughs> I drink your nightmare. <laughs> but, yeah, with that one, Nancy goes like, hey, I'm going to go to sleep. Glenn, you keep track. Right. So she's smart. She's yeah. trying to get ahead of this. Yeah, she's um, proactive. And a little thing there, I think they're watching um, Evil Dead. Right. Because in Evil Dead, there was a Hills Have Eyes poster. Yeah, they're trading kisses there but what's really you know so you could kind of go oh that's a little movie in joke but it right next to that is a thing that ends up being an in joke in scream which is skeet ulrich who is a complete doppelganger for johnny depp yeah is inner like he comes through sydney's bedroom window scream also directed by wes craven right and like surprises her in her bedroom and so when I, I remember when I saw Scream, I thought, oh, that's like that. He looks like Johnny Depp and he's going through the window. This is like Nightmare on Elm Street. But um, it, it's just weird that you go, like, oh, Evil Dead. Yeah. But then a few moments later, like, Future Scream. Yeah. And then, like, Halloween's wrapped in all of that, too, because it isn't Halloween shown in Scream and yeah. Halloween showing the thing. And I think they're, um, you can go to the same neighborhood. Where the oh, Nightmare House and the Tommy Hollywood. Wallace yeah. House are still like all in the same block. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a deliberate. Tr- we also talked about how like Terminator kind of feels like a weird slasher movie because oh, yeah. it's all sort of Southern California Halloween looking, and right. Michael just he tracks down this girl and. Uh, but uh, I'd say we could cover those, but man, those fall off so precipitously. Yeah, Is that the and, right word? And so unenjoyably. Yeah, Terminator 3 starts with Claire Danes looking at her cell phone and it's not working and she goes, I hate machines. It's like, nobody's ever called their phone a machine. You're working so hard to be like, yeah, okay, we get it, machines. I hate these mechanical things, all these gears and cogs and tickers and wheels. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Magnets. Terminator 2 is probably better than Nightmare on Elm Street 2, though. Really? Yeah, I think Judgment Night is probably better than Freddy's Revenge. Yeah. Judgment Night. You mean Judgment Day. Judgment Judgment Night is a film we could cover. Was Judgment Night a sequel to Terminator 2 Judgment Day? It definitely was, and we're going to treat it that way. Do you remember the Judgment Night soundtrack? No. It was like they took hard rock groups and had them collaborate on songs with hip-hop groups. Wow. Yeah. Like what songs? I think like Anthrax did a collaboration. With Run DMC? Because I know they did Oh, yeah, with Aerosmith. That's what I'm thinking of, yeah. Oh, my God. Why didn't... This seems like a foregone conclusion. They should have had Aerosmith and Anthrax touring together. 
Who should have? <laughs> Us. <laughs> if we had been thinking about this ahead Man, of time, really? missed opportunity. <laughs> um, but yeah, the when he the plausible deniability of Rod's death, it does make me kind of go, "What are Freddy's powers here?" Yeah, because. It's a, I go, okay, he can make Tina lift and throw her into the corner and cut her up inside her stomach. But this is like pulling a sheet from the, a real sheet from the real world mm-hmm. and affecting on it. Yeah. And not to be one of these guys, but it's sort of like, Freddie, if you can do that, do it all the time. You can manipulate the. Yeah, there was some of that for sure. Especially even when like Nancy's being chased in the end. Just the fact that she can kind of like wrestle with him and fight him off. Like he's still, when you touch him, he's just a man. Right. It just feels like, wait, if she's like pinning him down, why doesn't he just turn into spiders? Because doesn't he do that at some point? Or Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. We shouldn't like dig too deep into it. But, but you know, I guess it is like you're trying to figure out what the yeah what the rules of this guy right. is. Yeah. Um, because then what's the – I noticed when Glenn hopped out of the bedroom window, there was a white feather, and I wondered if that was the white feather from Forrest Gump. <laughs> this movie kicked off Forrest Gump. <laughs> oh, Rod's funeral, when that priest says in his eulogy – Live by the sword, yeah. die by the sword. I'd be yeah. like, don't subtweet my son in your eulogy. I know. And also, Tina doesn't get a funeral. <laughs> we go, we go to Rod's funeral, but not Tina. We want to see how Rod was honored. Yeah, not Tina. Yeah, he really was like using Rod's death as a teachable, a preachable <laughs> moment. A preachable moment. Yeah. Oh my god. I wouldn't like that priest to do my eulogy. No, he looked like himself, like some potential killer maybe that's what it was he was trying to throw him off the yeah scent uh did you see that coulter gravestone no Anne, perhaps oh my god um should we talk about the um the dream institute sequence where she goes yeah yeah with charles fleischer the voice of roger rabbit (laughs) yes yeah. Do you think his character's name is Dr. Roger Rabbit? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> and that nurse is Wes Craven's wife at the time. Really? Yeah. Did you see any pictures of her at the New Year's Eve party? No, I think they had been broken up at that point. Oh, so definitely not. Yeah, I guess not. Wes Craven's new wife is like, why are you keeping up these pictures of her in the Sleep Institute scene? <laughs> why specifically those? <laughs> what is it? You have some fetish? Why do you want me to get into this sleep nurse outfit? It's so specific. It's just a nurse costume with a embroidered glass of warm milk on it. <laughs> and a teddy bear. Oh my God, you creep. You knew I was a creep when you married me. It's how I make my nut. Don't say it like that. Baby, you knew I was a creep when you married me. <laughs> you saw I never my hated it. movies. <laughs> so she goes to sleep and then has a nightmare and it registers on the numbers, but then she pulls his little pork pie hat out. They always call it a fedora, but it looked more like a, maybe it is a fedora, but it's just more crumpled than I remember. I remember it being a little like Indiana Jonesy or 
Because what's the difference between a fedora and a pork pie? Fedora's like Indiana Jones, and a pork pie is like a rat pack, like smaller brimmed kind of. Oh, okay. Like uh, Justin Timberlake. It, yeah, it is a little bit more, Somewhere in between. Somewhere uh, between yeah. pork pie and um, fedora. Yeah. Well, you know, because they... There is a a thinking out there that, uh, you know, I'm not going to judge anybody's fashion here. Yeah. But there is sort of a an idea out there that guys who wear met- uh, fedoras aren't yeah. entirely cool. <laughs> so when I did see, like, Freddie, like, when he was putting everything together, I was like, the most nightmarish part might be the fedora, Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to scare people off the most. Especially in the eighties, because ducky, yeah, the ducky kind of. Yeah, I mean, I guess you got indie coming back in eighty, but that was a period piece. Yeah. Oh. Did you ever own a, a pork pie or a? I owned an Indiana Jones fedora when I was a kid, solely for the purpose of playing Indiana Jones. And it's funny because we did a live podcast called The Alarmist that my wife Amanda produces and our friend Rebecca hosts and it was one on prohibition so everybody who was a guest was kind of encouraged to dress up in the 20s and I went out to get it and it was from when I was 12 and it sits on my head like a little leprechaun (laughs) (laughs) so I couldn't wear that one like when um, you go to Dairy Queen and get one of those baseball yes yes yes, it was like that (laughs) (laughs) oh uh was it in a, like an official indie? Because I, I had no. a hard time ever finding good indie merch. You know, I got it. I got it at Banana Republic, but this was before Banana Republic became like preppy menswear. Originally, Banana Republic was... Soch menswear. Sorry, you're right. Absolute soch. It was like its name. You would go into the store and it was all like fatigues and khaki and pith helmets and like there was a army jeep sticking out of the floor Whoa. that was originally what banana republic was whoa it was like cool outer wear, like fat like it was all just like safari clothes seems like the gift shop for like the jungle cruise ride or yeah, it, yeah it was 100 percent like that and it was decorated like that it was like there was like palm fronds and everything i don't know how it changed so drastically and i don't remember when some soch yeah, bought out Banana Republic and was like, "Let's get out yeah. get all these pith helmets out of here. Yeah. They're not cool. Stupid. He's wrong. Yeah, he is wrong. But you should know that both Paul and I are wearing pith helmets right now. <laughs> like I do the, have a pith helmet, but like <laughs> from that time, because I wanted to play Rambo and the bad guys in First Blood Part Two were all NVA regulars and they wore those like pith helmets. They were pith helmets. The yeah. bad guys were pith helmets. Yeah, they were like not like classic like mummy explorer pith helmets, but they're similar. <laughs> The, uh, so stupid. We are wearing pith helmets, but they're like the um, uh, Rick Moranis space balls. They're giant <laughs> pith helmets that cover our whole heads. Why are they called pith helmets? Do you and think wh- it was somebody like, if we ever do a um, Banana Republic, we were like, I'm going to go take a pith helmet. We sh- Yeah, and maybe we should change it to ready <laughs> to pith. We'll leave it for next episode and see what feels more natural. Yes. Whatever feels more natural is the one we'll, we'll stick with. Uh, well, I guess I think I owned some stuff. It was just like, yeah, oh, when, when she pulls it out of the dream, yeah, the hat, like, if that, if those doctors witness that, 
That would be the most significant bet <laughs> in the history of humans. Yeah, so much so that I try to think of myself in that situation, and I would, I would 100% go, oh, she sneaked this in. She needs help. She's disturbed. She's she, a liar. Yeah, she so badly wants us to believe. She needs attention so badly <gasps> that she's brought in an old, smelly pork pie hat and somehow like smuggled it in, I don't even want to know, and pulled it out. Yeah. She's going to great yeah. lengths. She needs help. <laughs> the deception, the amount of deception that she's doing is. Yeah. Because, yeah, if you were. <laughs> right. It's far more alarming that your your daughter would, like, bring a hat in and try to trick people. <laughs> <laughs> she's industrious, too, because when she's setting up all the booby traps, it isn't until Freddie gets hit by the sledgehammer that it really shows you what the rig is that she's done. She's like mounted a steel plate on the inside of the door jam with, with a hinge. And she would have had to have like drilled and bolted and they don't really she does that show very quickly too. It also makes me think when she's like setting up all those traps, she's doing it in an effort to kill Freddie because she can't stay awake anymore. She's falling asleep. And I was like, if I went up and set traps around my house, I would be so exhausted. I know, I know. Or I would be the opposite, where I'm just like so amped from like setting up traps. Accomplishment. Like, I'm not gonna sleep. Who cares? I gotta admire my work. This is beautiful. <laughs> that reminds me. It also reminds me of the A Team. Every episode, the A Team, when they'd have the montage of them building like booby traps and weapons when they were stuck in a like mechanics garage or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like anytime something like that happens, it needs to have the score. The kind of John Williams Care of the Bells rendition yes. for Home Alone. Yeah. Because that music really, it's so funny. It gets you pumped. Yeah. Because the part of the A Team score that they would always do that to was something like that. I can't do it right, but. I was just listening. I watched JFK last night. Oh, wow. And I was listening to John Williams' uh, mm. military influenced score with oh. all those. Yeah, the, the snare marches. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's much better. Paradiddles? Is that what those are called? Padiddles? Paradiddles. Uh, one, two padiddles is a paradiddles. <laughs> Did you come to this podcast for Marx Brothers level humor? <laughs> <gasps> Marx Brothers. <gasps> Freddy, Jason. Okay. Well, there's four yeah, Marx but, Brothers. But we'll we can get rid the... of Zeppo or Gummo. So we got Harpo, Chico, and Groucho. Yeah. Well, Freddy's definitely Groucho. He's the wise cracking yes. one. And sure. Freddy does that kind of funny duck walk. And he's wearing the hat. <laughs> I guess that's more of a... They all have... No, Groucho decidedly doesn't really wear a hat. Except he sometimes wears a pith helmet. <laughs> as Captain Spaulding. I want Spalding. Freddy in a pith helmet. <laughs> but oh. definitely Freddy's Groucho. Yeah. Oh, and now it's tough with Harpo because both of these dudes are silent, yeah. Michael and Jason. So you go Essence. I still feel like Jason. <laughs> yes, there we go Essence. <laughs> you see how seriously I'm taking this? <laughs> yeah, they both don't talk, so let's go for Essence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel Harpo's more of a Jason. Jason's more humorous. Yep. Okay, yep. Michael's. All right, then real quick, Three Stooges. Oh, of course. Because even though Freddy's wisecracking, he's he's not like a mo, right? I don't know. Is he? No, I I have my curly. Yeah, I think it's Jason. I agree. For one thing, they're both bald. I guess right. Freddy is too, but still. But maybe Freddy is. Freddy might mo. just be burned bald. Do you think he gets defensive about that? It's yeah, like his friends go, and Freddy, you're bald. He's like, he's, because of the fire. Yeah. 
You should have seen this mob. Oh my god. <laughs> is Freddy Mo? Maybe he is. Michael is Larry. Yeah, because Freddy's more in command. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that works. Freddy's really coming out as a leader. It it yeah. does show that if you flap your gums a lot, people just automatically assume yes, you're the leader. That's right, squeaky wheel. <laughs> yeah. And Michael's the most under the radar, I think. Like Larry. Like yeah. Chico. Yeah. Yeah. But I keep going back to what you were saying about Michael being like a beautiful boy. <laughs> Because I do think, like, oh, he gets away with it. He yeah. had to be quiet because you're just like, who's that? Yeah. And apparently a beautiful man because when they shot the scene where he, his mask gets ripped off in the original Halloween, they switched out Nick Castle with a good-looking guy for that reason. Shots fired, Nick Castle. Yeah, I know. Well, how do you feel about that, Nick? I would be kind of a sudden, like, I had to wear the stinky mask this whole movie, and now you're swapping yeah. me out the one yeah. time I get it. I think that's how the part two Jason feels. Like the guy who had to do all the stunts and do all the running around with the mm -hmm. knapsack, Jason. Yeah. And then when he gets killed and they had to do a little bit of the acting, like um, when he falls over or when he jumps through the window, I think that's that's the actor. Oh, wow. And the stunt guy's probably standing off to the side going, oh, okay. Yeah, I could have done this. Oh, my God. Um, oh, that, that reminds me that I, they originally wanted to cast Freddy Krueger as just a stuntman. But then they realized he had to act. Oh, and well, we should mention this. Yeah. This is the only person who plays. This is Freddy's significant for this reason. It's monogamous like to its actor. Same actor through the whole movies up until the remake. And I get it because he's not just a mask. He he really is a persona and a voice. And yeah. yeah, I mean when when I saw Freddy says like this is God or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, Robert England is a trained, great actor. Yeah. And like, when he says that line, I'm like, oh, he's doing actor stuff. He yeah. goes like, this is God. Yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah. An amateur would just go, this is God. Yeah. This yeah. guy knows how to put a little space in the. Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, him and he'll pop up occasionally in things as yeah, just is a he guy. In like v? Yeah, I think so. In Ford Fairlane with Andrew Dice Clay. Oh. Yeah. Directed by Rennie Harlan, who That's right. directs Nightmare on Old Street 4. Oh, wow. Cliffhanger and Die Hard 2. <laughs> All. And Cutthroat Island? Yes. Uh, but enough about Hollywood, God. Cutthroat Island. And Rennie Harlan. Is it on an island? <laughs> married to Gina Davis. <laughs> um, he, uh, Are we he, on to the final? Yeah. Um Oh, I did think it was weird that I liked when she has her nightmare and all those machines and computers start like <laughs> screws are falling out. Yes, screws shooting out <laughs> like old timey. They are machines. What did you think about her having um, white hair caused by a nightmare? Do you, is that true? That lore. That's a good question to look up. Is that true? Because you see it a lot in movies. I was I also going to say with the um, when she woke up from the dream and was holding the hat. The glories of this movie is that it runs like a Swiss clock, man. Yeah. It's so good. It's over before you even know it. But um, I did think, like, that means 
normally in a scene, if somebody pulled that out and you really wanted to spend time with it, you'd have like five more minutes in the hospital, the doc, yeah. in the sleep where you're like, so let's figure this out. <laughs> yeah, no, they, there is no scientific evidence that hair can turn white overnight due to some traumatic experience. So, A Nightmare on Elm Street and Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula <laughs> are incorrect. I forgot about this. Who gets white Keanu hair? Keanu Reeves. And it gets more and more as the movie goes on. The more scared he gets? Yeah. And then, like, a yellow stripe starts forming down his back. (laughs) (laughs) Gets yellower and yellower. (laughs) And then Pepe Le Pew falls in love with him. (laughs) Mon chéri. Yeah. She goes uh, back to the house, right? And then... Sets it all up. Yeah. I mean, does a hell of a job. Oh, the mom does say that Freddie killed... 20 kids. Right, we forgot that. Okay, That yeah, is 20. a lot. At what point? How did Springwood keep this secret? Yeah, and why is 20 the cutoff where they're finally like, let's kill this, this guy? Yeah. 16, let the authorities handle it. I think, it, I guess it was more that they didn't sign the warrant. Yeah, this didn't whole thing sign is the a, warrant. A, a, Has that ever been used in a movie as a reason to, is that just like a movie thing? Or, or uh, the question should be, does that happen in real life? They didn't sign the warrant? Yeah. How can you get a warrant? Because don't you, yeah. the judge signs it and that's when it's delivered to it's you. It's kind of being like, I got a receipt for, and I never ate the food. That's a perfect <laughs> comparison. Nailed it. <laughs> Maybe they just had a, like a blank warrant in one of their desks. And they're like, let's she write hands this him a, The claw to Nancy? She gives the like, oh, right. plate, like, Mom got to save the glove out of all the parents? Well, uh, yeah, and then another parent has the hat, and one has the sweater. And one so has like some, a Voltron. Yeah, and one has some ham. <laughs> the dog. The dog <laughs> parrot. He ate it. Um, yeah, it is like a Voltron. You put it all together. If one person wears it, you just start molesting children. Well, the... Yeah, here we go. So... Glenn's death is happening while she's setting up the traps. That's a pretty gross death. When he with the, he gets yeah. pulled into his bed and then it and the TV with him. Why didn't TV parts come up? <laughs> I love the back when anybody's watching an old thing on TV. It's always like also Glenn's mom. Follows the Springwood mom code of blonde hair. Yes. Yeah. 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 His death is pretty good. It, Would, it feels pretty, pretty solidly inspired by The Shining. The blood in the elevator. And all yeah. That. yeah. And I just watched a video recently online where somebody was like, thought the Tina stuff in the high school hallway is like the twins. It does feel does like that. that. Yeah. Like. Yeah. This movie's pulling from everything, but it doesn't feel stolen. It just feels like um, mm-hmm. carried on or something. Yeah, maybe because the premise itself is so original. Yeah. And you kind of go like, wow, nobody's ever done this before. Somebody who can kill you in your dream. Yeah. Sort of lets you then like, yeah, maybe bite on the shining a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Glenn's death is weird. Also, the, the fact that Johnny... Depp is in it. Like, with each of these movies, mm-hmm. a movie star comes oh, off it. I'm not even aware of who, another one. 
Well, Kevin Bacon and Friday the 13th. Oh, I thought you meant all the... Fr- uh, oh! Oh, right. Oh, but yeah. uh, Patricia Arquette is in Nightmare on Elm Street 3, and I think that's oh, really? her debut. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, and then obviously Halloween with Jamie Lee yeah. Curtis. Like, yeah. I guess if the movies are successful enough for... Or Crispin Glover. Right. Isn't there some others? Tony Goldwyn is oh. a Jason lives friday six and horseshack from speaking of welcome back carter <laughs> yes. and i think it was friday 13 six that got him on welcome back carter right it had to be and as these movies all started shooting in canada that's when you get less and less potential movie stars in these things yeah. nothing against canadian actors i'm just saying like they're not down there in hollywood getting seen by the hot and heavy producers on the casting couch no no they are like like no one came Maybe I'll out be of, on Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, yeah. No one came out of um, Jason Takes Manhattan. No. <laughs> no. That he did it. Too bad. <laughs> um, Nancy does a big fall from the balcony. I love it because it's just like a classic stuntman flip. Like just, it's almost so like high dive perfect poised <laughs> where it feels like the type of thing like I might have mentioned this before, like in movies, how perfectly children's drawings are drawn or <laughs> protest signs. It takes me out where the stunt person's like, I'm so good at a high fall that I'm going to do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. When someone should have said, no, look like you're out of control. But I actually like that it's so perfect because it feels so stunty. And also that you can see the mattresses hidden by a hedge. Yes. And it makes me want a stunt spectacular of this movie, you know, oh my or any of these movies. How good would that be a... Nightmare live show would be pretty Yeah, because cool. you could do like mirror tricks and all this yes. stuff. And, yeah, so you could do the like real life stage tricks. Yes, like, and, trap yeah. doors and have a big Freddy head drop at the end. Yeah, on a helicopter. Big it's long a... arms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any burns, you'd have a guy burning, you know. I mean, it, I guess we'll, we'll say this with the sequels too, but you realize the the way these movies sort of like almost grew in popularity. Like, I think... Part four, by that point, was just like, it came out and it was like a huge hit. Yeah. Bigger than the first one made. Wow. And I think it's probably because you're bringing in new ideas or uh, maybe filmmakers with a larger appetite cinematically to do something. Yeah. Like, it just, they kind of bloom in a different way than like the Friday the 13th or Halloween movies where they kind of, those movies I feel like it, Stuck in their own rut. Yeah, these are not as limited. And also, I guess to move on to the end of this film is that this one, I I I don't know how I feel about the ending of this. For one thing, it does feel like it merits a sequel more than the others. But it is doing that thing that both Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth, the first movies, do, where you're safe or are you? But this one is weird because the whole movie itself is you're safe or are you? And then there's no. Like, there's no rhyme or reason to why this twist at the end happens. Plus, they have these three other alternate endings. Did you watch those? Yeah, and it seems like the ending now is kind of like a combination of different ideas, right? Yeah, I definitely liked the first alternate ending that's oh, on I didn't the, see that. the, what sc- is it? the streaming version I bought. It's... Because it, in the film as it is, 
kid is everything's happy. The mom and the daughter come out and she's like, you know, well, I was blackout drunk. Ah. <laughs> anyway, it's super sunny and happy. And she's going off to school, getting picked up by the three other kids. Everybody's alive. Johnny Depp pulls up in the Cadillac convertible. She gets in the car and the top starts closing over them and it's striped red and green. Mm-hmm. And then like it pulls away and it feels like Nancy's in uh, captured in it. And then the mom's like, what's going on? And Freddie appears through the inside of the door and pulls her through and Uh she's dead. And then you see the girls jump roping and you hear one, two, Freddie's coming for you. So then the other alternate versions are all remixes of that. So the first one is, um, it's pretty much that except the, the rag top doesn't come over. The kids go off happily to school and then the mother's just waving goodbye. And then when they're gone, Freddie appears and pulls her through, which I really liked because it at least makes it feel like not gilding the lily or something. Yeah, because in that version, like if you're saying it's kind of like the ending of Carrie, right now as it stands, it would be as if before Carrie's hand popped out, a like a weird bug <laughs> crawls out first. Yeah. Like, uh. like a bucket of blood fell first <laughs> yes. or something. Because then there's the version where the kids get trapped in the car and drive away, but then there's no Freddy pulling the mom through. Then there's the version where both happen again, <laughs> but this time it's they cut to the driver's seat and it's not Glenn driving, it's just Freddy, and the look he has on his face is just like, here we go, and he's just so like, it might as well be like uh, 50s dad on a summer road trip going, all right, here we go, and it's so off-putting. Oh, you're bringing up a thought that I wanted to bring up, which was just like, when I was watching this, I was like, Freddy isn't so much like um, evil. It's just like just like a prankster. Yeah, he's like Loki. He's a mischief maker. Yeah, when he yeah. comes in the dream, he just kind of like likes flipping your shit out. Like yeah. he cuts his fingers off, and he's like, "Green <laughs> juice is coming out of my fingers." What do you think of that? He's or just he like a gross out over. comic. Yes. What do you think of this? Worms. <laughs> he's just like a third grade kid who's like, smell my hand, <laughs> pull my finger. <laughs> Let me do elongate it for you. I'm uh, Dr. I'm, Teeth. I'm ready to purr. Ew. <laughs> Gross. His death is pretty good, though. I think that fire effect was like a Guinness Book or something or award winner. Or I something. did wonder when Freddy got set on fire. Is He's like, again? I know. Come on. Oh, drown me or something. I can't catch a break. Uh, I do like that ending a lot because... When you're kind of making stuff up as or whatever, this is all fantasy. I feel like the solutions can get a little tricky. Yeah. And I kind of like, you don't ever see her pull him out of the dream. So you don't have that moment. So yes. you're kind of left in a little bit of ambiguity there. But also, like, it makes sense to me that she goes, I'm not afraid of you. And I... The key point of that, like, normally in a movie like that, I would go, (laughs) so she just didn't have to get scared of him the whole time. That was the solution. But the fact that she says, this does feel very therapy-ish. Yeah. Which is her going, I know you're there, and I'm not scared of you. You can't have the power. Yeah. Yeah, I I liked it. Oh, that is the the thing she did have to learn. It's like, it's always going to be there, and I just have to accept that it's there as opposed to... I don't know. Yeah, like, well, it's the yeah. only one of these franchises that the main character kind of has an arc and a discovery and, like... That's right. A character theme yeah. arc. I mean, I do think... 
I'm not a fan, uh, sorry to say, of the actor who plays the mom. Yeah. It's just not my favorite yeah. casting. And so when the mom just kind of like dies by like getting swallowed up in the bed and yeah. she's just like a skeleton floating. I think oh, that effect a, was not good. It's a little corny. No. And, and I think because Nancy has that narrative arc and succeeds by empowering herself, where I like the little unanswered question twists in the other two franchises, I don't think the twist is good in this one. I think it should have ended with victory and a happy ending. And you can bring it back in a sequel, but you're undoing all of yes. that point you made. I felt that too. Yeah. I, I, you're saying it better than what I felt in the moment. But I remember thinking... I was a little sad that she never got a moment of just like peace. Yeah. It's like she steps away from Freddie and then she walks out and she's already in a nightmare. Yeah. And it does seem like I did think when she's like, oh, instead of I'm going to set these traps up. I was like, this is six years out from Halloween. Like mm -hmm. people aren't going to be interested anymore in her just running away from him and maybe at the oh, very right. end accidentally yeah. having – Dr. Loomis come in and shoot yeah. Freddy. Yeah. Like, she is very much more inactive. And maybe that's also what I was saying about, seems like Wes Craven has, like, a love for adolescence and yeah. what teenagers go through. The Friday movies especially just feel like they hate kids. Yeah. And they're just, like, talking down to kids yeah. the whole time. You're right about that. And what makes this feel very special is I'm like, oh. And I, I think what you're saying about, like, Nanny, Nancy has an arc. You care about her at the mm -hmm. end. You want her to be happy. It's because they took the time to make sure she was a character you liked. Yeah, it is interesting, too, because it will be interesting to track in this franchise. There's a point where in both Halloween and Friday the 13th where you stop rooting for the good guys and start rooting for the villain because they've become so iconic. Right. I wonder where this will happen yeah, because we talked about it like it's sort of around Friday 3 and 4 when the characters just get notched up a little bit. Well, part 3 opens with like the people who own the market. Yeah. He's just shitting oh, and right. disgusting. Oh, like, kill them, please. Yeah. And yeah, something I guess happens where, we talked about it, where you start going to the movies because you want to see Jason. Yeah. You want to see Freddy. So it's a bummer if somebody's really trying to like kill him. Yeah, they're harsh in your buzz. I wonder when that starts with the Freddies. Maybe we'll, we'll find out together. Part 4, I remember when I watched it, I was like, "Oh, this is this is camp." We're yeah. Well, we, we love those. Wait. Yeah, I know. I can't. Wait. I was thinking uh was, was there any Oh, I saw in the credits special thanks to Sean Cunningham. Yeah, that's right. Um and he's credited as Fred Krueger in this. I mean, they say that's his name, but he's... Yeah, they say Fred Krueger a lot. Yeah. I guess we didn't uh, unpack that. Yeah, he's only called Freddy in the nursery rhyme. Hmm. Oh, one, two, yeah. Which, the grab your crucifix, your crucifix is all over the movie, too. More than the other franchises. Yeah. I mean, in a way, Halloween is completely... Right. Devoid of any spiritual or God talk, right? Until they get to, like, the druid yes. cult. And then the only way they can understand it is, like, druids. Yeah. And then, Jason, there's not much. But, like, this is, like, Freddy's calling himself God. Yeah. And there's a crucifix on yeah. Tina's wall. It just seems like... Loomis is all says he has the eyes of the devil, but he, I think he's speaking just more evil than, like, the devil. Yeah. Yeah. 
You're right. He said, the evil. The evil. <laughs> what is the devil but the evil? Here come the evil. <laughs> I would. Before this is over, can we have, uh, I, I don't mean this episode, before um, our lives are over. Right. Can you do, like, the Southern lawyer, gen- Southern gentleman lawyer singing, here comes the judge? <laughs> A one, a two, a one, right two, now. three, four. Here come the judge. Here come the judge. One, two, for to come for you. I say a three, four, better lock the door. I said a five, six, I get a pickup stick. So with the crucifix, a seven, eight, I don't stay up late. Nine, ten, I can't remember again. Eleven, twelve, got an elf on a shelf. And thirteen, fourteen, have you seen the queen? Helen Mirren's pretty good. You know what I mean. 15, 16, I eat a lean cuisine. 17, 18, gonna baby back again. Uh, I gotta go. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, I'm getting a, uh, I get a one-toe manicure every uh, every 10 days, I, and then I get another one the next day. I don't want, I like to string it out. I've got to run. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> Yo, Good night. <laughs> So what do we have to wrap up? Should we give this a rating? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, if you're a new listener, um, we apologize. But since Friday the 13th, we rank it out of 13 stars. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's called A Nightmare on Elm Street, the 13th. Yeah. Um, I told you, I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast where I did a tour once. Hollywood, like, great, the scary thing to her. And we oh, went yeah. to the Menendez oh, uh, wow. house. Oh, the real ones. And that's on Elm Avenue. Uh-oh. And our tour guide tried to do this really sweaty thing where he's like, that's why we call the Menendez house a nightmare on Elm. <laughs> Wait, so he wanted to stay true to the facts. <laughs> yes. So he but he wouldn't... wanted it to be clever, but not really. <laughs> he could have just said straight. Yes, just say street. We'll, but I remember he was like, and that's why we call it A Nightmare on Elm. And he probably got no reaction because people were waiting for like, street. street. Like, they got the joke. Do you it. get it? No, we get it. Are you going to finish it? Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Avenue. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Boned it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, let's go with the 13. <sighs> Boy. Oh, oh, um, you know... <laughs> When uh, Nancy had all those coffee mugs all around her place, I I didn't know if it was can- Nancy's bedroom or a <laughs> dorm room before finals. Okay, I'm sorry. Fall <laughs> almost fell over in his chair, right now. <laughs> and it is a like wide based yeah, chair, it's, it's the most stable of chairs. Uh, oh, uh, hi, Le- hi Leslie. This is you. Leslie brought us. Leslie brought us some fruit. Cantaloupe. Oh my God! The Thank the you. parents of Springwood would never do that. No, they don't care about their no the, their loved ones. That is lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Um, here's my question, and I forget how we did this when we were doing Halloween. Are we saying this is out of thirteen for all the nightmares, or are we including like thirteen is the best for all the sh- movies we've watched so far, including Halloween and Friday Thirteenth? Oh, um, so like I think we both gave Halloween and. Friday Thirteenth Part Two, Thirteen. I yeah, let's do that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Then, then I know my number. So in every one of these, an orange tastes like an orange. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, okay. 
I have to go. Do you want me to go first? Yes. I'm going to go 10. Nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. A 10, you know, as far as anybody knows, yeah. usually a 10 is pretty great. Yeah. If I did what your tour guy did and don't finish the sentence, <laughs> that's the perfect movie. Or if Robert England yeah. was like, Gorley, come on. What would you give Nightmare on Elm Street? You're like a 10. Yeah. Like, hey, all right. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a 13. Wow. All right. Okay. Yeah. There we go. I liked it. Don't get me wrong. I know. I hear you. Um, I think I probably like Halloween more than Nightmare on Elm Street, but for what its own... Oh, you may be right. Oh, man, when you put it that no, way. No, 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 because you're no. using it as... I'm trying to, oh. too. I'm still trying to keep it as... Maybe I'm not. No, but I was I thinking of Friday the 13th Gourley? Part 1. No, I. it would go, for me, it would go Halloween, Friday the 13th Part 2. Oh. Okay, I'm at least going to give it an 11. You've You've okay. charmed me. So it... <laughs> that's a usually a situation where somebody goes charmed I'm sure <laughs> by a sister's college boyfriend at a really funny joke where he'd go you know you're so not like that person it's canny <laughs> <laughs> um, alright okay so oh this... and, and favorite kill oh right Well, for me, it's between Tina and Glenn, I think. Mm -hmm. But I think I gotta go Tina. As as crazy as the the Depp one was, there's something about seeing Tina go through it. I'm gonna go Tina. I think Tina's my favorite too. Yeah, yeah. Were there any other ending recap things that we did? Um, I think sometimes we talk about our hopes and dreams for the next one, sort of. Or, or, yeah. or, I'm curious to see if it's a gradual fall off from this movie in terms of like the campiness, or if there's one that really like takes it off the cliff. I'll say it's the worst part two of all of these. Really? Yeah. I'm fascinated because I'm aware of that, and I really want to watch that documentary. So, but Nightmare might have the best part three of all the franchises. Oh, this so. is exciting. But okay. don't you know? This is partly what's fun about it. We're going to get to yeah. experience new things. Yeah. I have Freddy movies I haven't seen yet. Um, we're going to be doing Five, some mailbag episodes on Patreon. So yes. you can email us your questions at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll, we won't be answering emails, I don't think, but we'll, we'll be answering whatever emails we answer on the show. Yeah. And... This month, at some point, the first film commentary will, will go up. We haven't decided what it's oh, going to be. Yeah. Do we want to do one of the original franchises we've done? Because sure. should I nominate H Halloween? You can veto it. I think that's great. Okay. I think we should do Halloween first. I think so, that's too, because that's inaugural. the stuff that's behind the paywall. Inaugural? Yeah. Okay. okay. It's the ho it's the um, the ho holiday that's coming up, and it's a favorite of ours. And it's what kicked it all off. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I'm a little worried with the commentaries that there might be some noise issues with my teeth chattering through, through the whole yeah. movies. And I have really loud goosebumps. Yes, they kind of go... Yeah, and quack, quack, like quack. popping. Yeah. 
<laughs> Gross. So go to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust and um, all the information's there and you can decide at what level you want to join. It's yeah. up to you. And yeah. we'll see a lot more of you. Oh, Gorley, I'm so happy this is back. Me too. It wouldn't be autumn if this wasn't happening. No, it literally wouldn't. The seasons wouldn't change. That's kind of why we had to bring this back because because this is God's sanction, he said, you know, we're not changing the seasons. God and Father Time yeah. came and visited us. Yeah. And I was like, guys, these leaves need to start turning. Turnering? Turnering and hooching. No, you're right, because Ted Turner colorized black and white. <laughs> yes. And so the, we never make mistakes on this podcast. Never. I don't think you understand that. <laughs> all right? It's all intentional. And uh, we'll, well see. Well, uh, this is very exciting. Yeah. I'm so glad to be back, and I hope uh, people are happy to have us back. We'll have you listen to us next week. <laughs> For more Gorley and Rust content, head over to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early, plus monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust. Email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. With Gorley and Rust theme song by me, Matt Gorley, and performed by Townland. You can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Gorley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the aliens and the Candyman.